to tell Congress if it weaponized ticks and released them to the public. Some members of the United States House of Representatives are concerned the Pentagon may have unleashed disease-infected ticks that caused the spread of Lyme disease. Roll Call reports that on July 11th, the House stealthily decided to take a voice vote to support an amendment to the 2020 Defense Authorization Bill that would require the Department of Justice to look into the weaponized ticks. According to the Congress-focused newspaper, New Jersey Republican Representative Christopher Smith wrote the amendment which demands the Inspector General shall conduct and review of whether the Department of Defense experimented with ticks and other insects regarding the use of biological weapons between the years of 1950 in 1975. If the review determines that such a project did take place, then the amendment reportedly insists the Inspector General must present Congress with information on the scope of the research, including whether any ticks or insects used in such experiments were released outside of any laboratory by accident or experimental design. Smith, who is a co-chairman of the Congressional Lyme Disease Caucus, Told Roll Call, he hopes the Inspector General will share information that sheds light on these reports and could be used to hinder the spread of Lyme disease. Source, Gizmodo.com And according to a new Gallup poll, this is the first time in history the majority in the United States backs human missions to Mars. The polling reflects that 53% of Americans are in favor of attempting to land an astronaut on Mars, as opposed to the 46% who are not in favor. Support for a Mars mission is up from previous decades, and both Democrats and Republicans are equally supportive of the Mars project. Source, Gallup.com And an alien moon likely seen forming in a first-of-its-kind picture. In a possible first, a giant faraway planet may have been caught in the act of growing moons. Seen in an image from the ALMA Observatory in Chile, the young planet orbits a small star roughly 370 light-years away 
and it appears to be swaddled in a dusty, gassy disk, the exact type of structure scientists think that produced Jupiter's many moons billions of years ago. Source and photographs of this story at nationalgeographic.com. And that brings us nicely into this edition's fun fact. There is a company in the United Kingdom that offers being hungover as a valid reason for calling off work. And they are allotted four hangover days per year. But we can't share the name of the company. Thanks for listening to the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on the Fringe FM. Again, I'm Vance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. from a shack on a hill in the mossy creek bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas. I'm Joe Roop, and this is Lighting the Void. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are live on the Fringe FM. It is Monday night, July the 22nd on into the 23rd, and Nish is joins us again from Knox Mente. This is her second time on the broadcast. Last time we had so much fun and got into some interesting conversation that I think uh, tonight is going to be pretty special, just like it was last time. I think Eric was with us last night, too, or last time, too. Also, I uh, want to thank everybody for coming out last week. That was a whole lot of fun. Fantastic guest that we had on last week. And tomorrow night, Robert Bruce is going to be on the program from astraldynamics.com, another astral traveler teacher that most of us uh, know if you're into that. Pretty well known. So, yeah, that's what's on tomorrow night. This show is brought to you by GetTheTea.com. The webinar is the 29th. Next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, come join me and Ronnie McMullen in the webinar where we just hang out and have a lot of fun and talk about stuff. And he gives away stuff. We saw most of you guys in there last time. So we'll do it again. Make sure you sign up at GetTheTea.com. The show is also brought to you by AncientLifeOil.com. 
best CBD oil on the planet, the Ferrari of CBD oil. I mean, if you're going to get that stuff, get the stuff that you know is the best. All right, ancientlifeoil.com. Also, preparewiththefriends.com. Thank you for all of the new supporters. You can support the show by donating, using the Amazon portal, buying some swag, uh, sharing, hitting the speak pipe button, which is one of my favorite things when people go hit that button and they just say whatever's on their mind about the show, then I get to play with it in my little studio and uh, do whatever I want with it. So that's pretty fun, too. Um, also, if you've had a UFO sighting you'd like to report, head over to ufoseekers.com, backed and supported by the Fringe FM and Lighting the Void. ufoseekers.com. Their YouTube channel is ufoseekers. Um, well, no, their YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash ufoseekers. I apologize for that. So, yeah, and give them a call, 661-UFO-7889. All right, so what we're going to talk about tonight with Nish usually uh, has a lot to do with inner space, but she has had an experience with a UFO that she's going to share with us, and then we'll, I guess, we're just going to play it by ear from there. But if you don't know who Nish is, that's N-double-I-ish, is the co-host of Nox Mente. And Nox Mente is a show dedicated to exploring consciousness through dreams, dreaming, and dream theory. And they use a wide-angle lens. They have opened up the conversation to a diverse world of dreamers, had fantastic guests on the show. Uh, the co-host, Jerry, who we also know very well, and the woman that's with us tonight, co-host Nish, they host a show with a goal of helping the process of bringing conscious intent to the state of dreaming light to the shadowy corners of this experience we all have access to and each time we drift off to sleep that's what we talk that's what they talk about on the show so they strive to maintain an open and neutral environment as the host and they do that very well the website is noxmente.com and all the show notes will be there as well nish thanks for coming on the broadcast again it's good to have you hello joe it's nice to be back again yeah i think um I can't wait to hear this UFO story. Is, did you? I, I haven't even heard it yet. So, first and foremost, I got to know before we get into your UFO story: Are you going down to Area Fifty One to hang out with all those folks? Are you going down there? No, I'm not, and I'm not sure if my schedule weren't so tight if I would anyway. Uh, but I, I'm certainly going to keep my eye on it. It's intriguing, and I do this. That all said, I love when the folk. The people come together to uh, push push the boundaries of secrecy through government agencies and all that. So I think it's fantastic. So yeah, so you're in the camp where you think it's it's good, it's cool, right? Just go ahead, go do it. Yeah, I think I think we need more of that. It, at some point, it needs to be realized, and this is of course just my opinion that we have we have power individually and and there's so much happening around the world that's pitting us against each other and we could just come together over over basic stuff and remind the controlling governments that it's about us and not them and so these these demonstrations bring that back home I think it's incredibly dangerous. However, if if someone's going to go down there and rally, that's fine. But if you really think you're going to break into the base, boy, that's dangerous. So I hope you don't try to do it, that. It is dangerous. Yeah, it, I'm not one for <laughs> one for firsthand danger, Joe. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I like to I like to observe. In fact, my whole role in life is more of an 
uh, an observer. Well, tell me about the daytime UFO. I want to hear about this. This was singular in my life. This was the first time. So I've, I've seen lots of stuff in the sky at night, especially up there by Iseti, where I go, not to Iseti, but in that general area. And uh, so yesterday, driving home from an undisclosed location in Oregon, and there's the, I'm a passenger, and I notice, so I'm looking straight ahead, and at the road, I noticed this poof of smoke. Otherwise, the sky is now what we recognize as that hazy blue. So it's a blue sky, no clouds, but it's not the sky I recall as a child or even 10 years ago. It's that generally hazy blue. So I think to modern people, that's a beautiful, sunny sky. There's this poof of smoke low on the road. And so my eye goes, focuses and and wants to figure out where this is coming from. It didn't look like burning smoke. It didn't have any color. It looked like a low cloud, but dispersed. And so I'm looking around to find the source for this. And as I'm doing that, I look over and immediately I notice something shiny in the sky. My cognitive mind, my mind that wants to make things fit into a normalcy bias so it's a plane and yet something about the flashing had and it was not moving something about this flashing attracted me to look further and closer and sure enough <laughs> as i did this whole cold sensation washed over me as i realized it's hovering it's not moving, it's hovering. And so then I'm trying to pinpoint exactly, all right, are there wings? Are there, you know, I, I want to make it into something I recognize. My pattern and recognition software in my brain is all trying to make it fit. It's not anything I experienced. So it, what it appeared to be at first was a classic saucer formation. And then as I have this conscious thought about all the stuff that comes around with the baggage of saucers, right? There's so much that just will flood into your head, especially if you're front loaded. And at that moment, another saucer that seems to be part of it kind of moved up. And so it's a bit like a an hourglass almost with a saucer at each end and it's flashing. It's very, I'd say silvery, which made it blend into that hazy blue sky. And at this point I'm reaching to get my camera and I'm trying to not look down at all. I'm trying to, you know, I'm reaching for the phone. And as I, as I pull up the phone and I've got my eye on it, it's it's blinking, as I said. And so I went to log into the phone with my thumb <laughs> and it disappeared. It was amazing. I, and so the whole rest of the ride, I, I was just sitting there ruminating on what I had just seen because it was unusual for me in my life. And the thing I want to point out that is extra special in this is that poof of smoke or cloud whatever that was had that not been there i 
I would not have looked over in that direction and then up looking for a source of the smoke. And there was this idea that came into my head that it was like a telepathic cue. Something, something made me, inspired me, guided me towards looking deeper into that poof of smoke. Had it been a cloudy day, I wouldn't have bothered. Had I seen you know, farmers burning off stuff as they often do, I wouldn't have bothered. This was so anomalous that it seemed somehow related. I'm not sure how, but it seemed related. Otherwise, this experience would not have happened. Wow. You see, I've never had any type of experience like that ever. And well, not with UFOs, you know, so... But see, then again, you know, Friday I had a, a show with a skeptic, one of our hosts that I consider a major skeptic niche. And uh, that kind of experience is what I was trying to talk about to him, that these types of things, there's no way to prove, but you know that it happened. I mean, you know it was real. Absolutely. And I do my best to fit thing. I like to go deductive. And so I thought, you know... I, it, it, it was not any form of craft I've seen in in my life. It was way too low to be a satellite, too. I mean, it was not that far off the ground. Uh, it, it just was, it was so close, and it just didn't fit into anything I'm aware of. So I'm not suggesting that I know what it is. I'm not suggesting that it's... Uh, it's alien in any way. It could be something could be ours i don't know but it 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 was up there it was very real it was daytime i mean it's just full daytime did you ask yourself if you were dreaming do you do that a lot i do often and that that's a wonderful thought to follow as well i i'm always trying to make sure that that is something i consider because i think as i said last time I think this is all kind of like the the dream time experience anyway, and I'm not sure where or how the mechanism of it all fits into daytime, nighttime. Nighttime is, a, you know, for people sleep in the day. So daytime sleep time uh, polarity there. I'm not sure, but I do think this is a form of dreaming. And we can, we obviously, we have lots of waking, lucid experiences through the day. But otherwise, a lot of people just sail through like they do in a regular dream. And things that are unusual bring you into a state of nowness. And this nowness is what you question. Am I dreaming? And I'm talking about the sleep time dream. Am I dreaming? And that's when that realization happens. And, and anything's possible from that point. It's always a good question to ask yourself, uh, especially if you want to have lucid dreams, right? You've got to keep asking that question. But uh, you were wide awake when this happened. I think Nurse Jackie in the chat wants to know. You were wide awake. Before, look, i got to say that you're, this sound system is so great. I can hear the freaking, whatever they are, planes flying over your house. Is that what those things are? I can hear <laughs> yes. them. But I, not only can yes. I hear them, I can feel them, right? But what I will say... <laughs> Uh, is that other people are saying your voice sounds great, you know, so I've just got to fix the, the little bit of 
A little bit of faint echo. I'm still I'm working on this, folks. But, yeah, so I spoke with, uh, who was that? Robert Wagner. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he runs a Lucid Dreaming uh, website. He's got two really good books on it. And, yes. Uh, yeah, he, talks about, he talked about that, that you have to constantly be training yourself for this kind of stuff so you know what state you're in. Do you ever feel like, though, as you're doing that, that you get confused about what reality is what sometimes, though? No. Okay, so that that did happen to me early in my life, and that was in the period when I was experimenting with LSD, and uh, and it was just it was so long ago where those lines did did get blurry. I don't do any of that stuff now, and I haven't in a very very long time. So this was this was completely sober daytime reality um you know listening to great music on the road (laughs) what kind of music (laughs) you know i can't remember something maybe chelsea wolf or something i'm not sure i you know i love opera i love peking opera i love uh oh i love geisha music of the geisha there's there's just I have such a wide range of musical tastes, but of course I love all the, and lately I've been on a kick and in love with the 90s again. And so a lot of that's kind of looping back around for me. So it's, I don't even recall, this just took everything out of the moment and it was singular. And so the rest of the environment in my memory of pulling this back, I can't tell you what song was playing. I can't even tell you what genre of song was playing. Right. Well, it, it, it really brought me right into the now, Joe. Yeah, sure. You know, you've talked. You guys have talked to a lot of really fantastic guests, and I, I recommend if anybody wants to hear some of the deepest conversations about dreaming, consciousness. Uh, out-of-the-body experiences, all that stuff. Nox Mente is the best show on the planet to listen to for for that. You should keep it in your podcast player for sure. But out of all the subjects that you guys talk about, what is the one thing that really uh, has you interested in knowing more than others? As far, I mean, if you had to categorize things. Hmm, could you elaborate on that? Well, what I mean, like, uh, for instance... There's the out-of-body experience. There's lucid dreaming, just regular dreaming, psychology, you know, the occult. Which one is, is there one that you're really interested in? I mean, or do you just look at them all the same? It's all case by case with me. I, what, I, what really interests me is overlap and um, overlap. What I mean by that is where I get unusual things that come up that I log and in, in this little file of unusual data that I get from people when other people add to it. So it could be a lot of people talk to me behind the scenes. I take a lot of, I take a lot of crazy DMS and private messages and nothing's too crazy for me, but I, I do try to vet it out and see where it's going. And then I have a lot of very credible people that, fill me in also our server on discord we have you know very interactive dream section there so there's stuff 
that seems unusual or even mundane to some people. But when you start seeing overlap from people of different cultures, of different beliefs, of different realities in general, that's the stuff that I'm most interested in. So whether we're talking dayside dreams, lucid, whatever the experience was, it's the data. And of of late, since our Tenny show, which was amazing, uh, it's just this huge standout show for me, Possession is a big deal to me right now. And it's that show changed a perception I have about perception. You know, he was involved in a Vatican sanctioned, uh, exorcism, uh, exorcism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am now on that trail. I'm sniffing it down and I'm sniffing it down from my angle here. And I'm trying to, understand the different ideas of possession and stripping myself away from and in the interview he talks about how they had they had other religious people behind the door this is a vatican sanctioned exorcism i mean this was this was such a great interview uh that when the subject went into a different language and other stuff and they, what they could discern. So they, they open the door and there, here's a Buddhist right there, you know, to come in and, and interact. And it, it got me on this trail of, well, what is possession? What are my thoughts about possession? And overlay that with all the strange events that are happening lately where people get triggered like people in their normal everyday lives that have nothing's going on, just like a, a your average Joe, so to speak, uh, all of a sudden gets triggered into something crazy. Well, I'm now looking at that differently. And then also there's all this data we're getting from the, you know, the general news feeds, like I think somewhere in South America, I think where they're doing a whole city or a whole town exorcism with dropping, uh, holy water on it. (laughs) And, and the, the fact that the Vatican said they don't have enough exorcists and all this stuff, I'm, I'm onto this trail. I think possession is more than we know, more than we think, and should be looked at really seriously now and stripped of the superstition aspect of it and and parsed out and diced up and examined case by case to see what's going on there. I think a lot of what's going on there is stranger than we stranger than we actually know. And we're talking about possession. I mean, that's a strange thing in and of itself. Yeah. So do you think that you believe in it now? Is it something that you questioned if it was a real thing or a psychological um, hang up? Or do you think that there are actual entities now that that uh, possess people? I mean, you've talked to a lot of people. I'm wondering what your opinion is on this. Yes. Well, I had always just kind of categorized possession, demonic possession as the the religious, you know, as the canon suggests, uh, into its little file. And I didn't, I didn't allow it to overlap, which is what I love to do. And for some reason, I was, 
I just kept it over in its little file. This is now something that I I do believe in, but I believe in it from a non-religious perspective. And I believe in it from a shift of perception. And so it's not necessarily that it has to be demonic and it's, but it is a change in consciousness with people. It's a change of character and oftentimes it's nasty. So there's many levels. There are many levels to this, you you know, people who become, for example, I had a very long-term friend and she's been dead now for a few years. But when I, I had last seen her and experienced, she was always on the edge of stuff. She was always a bit crazy in a way. I hate, I don't want to say it like that, but just off the hinge, off the hook. And people feared her. A lot of people feared her, including me, but I was so close into her and somehow under her umbrella of uh, people that she as I see it now, wanted to control. And of course I gave her that control and I started, so she ended up in the end, a hardcore alcoholic, the kind that shakes, the kind that drank a bottle of vodka a day. And, and that's the main food source. This is not talking about like Mike's hard lemonade and all the other stuff. And when I was last staying with her in a strange period in my life, I saw something different that was not her. It was not her. I don't Mm. know how to describe this. It's a different voice, different personality, uh, very foul and uh, unconscious, but walking around, you know, kind of consciously in a a drunken stupor, but she'd break into these other, other languages. Really? And I I didn't think of that as possession. Because we're up against the break here, but I don't want to like not finish that story, like different languages. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, But uh, another fascinating thing, too, is uh, weaponized ticks. Didn't even bring that up. I'm thinking Vance did. Thank (laughs) God. There's no telling what our government's up to, man. We just don't know these days. Be right back with Nish from Noxmente. Don't go anywhere. Listeners, this is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Listen, I want to tell you about G.I. Joy from GetTheTea.com. It's the best alchemical concoction of goodies for your stomach and digestive system I can recommend, and that's all based on my experience. Packed with colostrum, acidophilus, aloe, peppermint, and turmeric. If you do your own research, then you know this is the bee's knees for the stomach and digestion. Now, due to Big Brother's ears and the eye in the sky, you know I can't go into the details about what it helped me with. All I can say is, I got relief. It's non-GMO, no fillers, no preservatives, manufactured right here in the U.S. of A., and delivered to you by the only people who stay on top of the game, 
and are out in front. Go grab a bottle of G.I. Joy at GetTheTea.com and see what all the fuss is about. Again, that's GetTheTea.com. So, have you heard of heavy metals? I'm not talking about the heavy metals in the junkyard. I'm talking about the heavy metals that build up in your body. Heavy metals in your body can make you feel sluggish, fatigued, and just plain off. Why not try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com? Cleansing your body and making you feel great. No, not cleansing the outside of your body, but cleansing the inside of your body of intruders that sneak their way into you and set up an intruder camp. Life Change Tea helps remove unwanted intruder camps. Brew it. Steep it and drink in the results. Tastes great so you can create a new health habit. Our tea loves to help people. It just needs the chance. So order yours today by logging on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Our Life Change Super Strength Tea is waiting. This could be a beautiful relationship. Take charge of your health. Order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Alex. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. All right, everyone, this is Justin from the UK. Excuse the chitty chitty. If you're into the fringe and you want to hear the brass tacks, me old China plate, Joe Roop, and his guests on Light in the Void will open your men's pies. You need to shut your northern self and use your 10 speed gears and listen to them bubble. You could hear a Barry Crocker, no Brussel, but he ain't no holy fryer. Anyway, you beat a Barnaby Rudge and take a butcher's. Hey, Google. I would like to become more intelligent about the unknown world around us. But I don't have time to read or go to school because I work all the time. What do you recommend? Try listening to Lighting the Void. It's the best way to become more intelligent about the unknown world around us. Besides, I happen to think Joe Roop is the most handsome voice in radio. Listen Monday through Friday 9 p.m. till midnight Pacific time on The Fringe FM. Plus, you will hear a bonus feature called The Stranger Than Fiction News. Reported by Vance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. With all this information in one location, you are guaranteed to be more attractive to others in your social circle because you'll beam with intellectual wisdom. Yeah, I think I'll try that. Howdy, this is Catalina, and you're listening to Lighting the Void with Joe Root.
welcome back to Lighting the Void Radio. I'm your host, Joe Roop. Tonight, we're with Nish from Knox Mente. One of these times, we'll have to get uh, both you and Jerry in here again and uh, have a party because when it ta- <laughs> we like to talk about outer space too, but I'm a bit, I don't know if I'm a bigger fan of inner space or outer space. Consciousness is the topic tonight, but in uh, specifically dreams. And we were talking about possession before the break, and Nish was telling us the story about her friend. Look, um, before we get back into that, I want to tell you guys, too, you can always call in. It's one 800 5880335 if that calling number does not work uh, or if it kicks you out then you can call the direct line which is at 501-424-5130 501-424-5130 and uh, we don't screen calls here we just have an open trust agreement that you're going to be nice when you call in so yeah <laughs> hopefully that's what happens but so you were mentioning earlier your friend was speaking other languages can you, uh, you tell me more about that she she just was speaking other languages, acting strange. She uh, she seemed to have uh, an amazing amount of strength and uh, no capacity for pain and all this stuff. So and I didn't think anything of it. I hadn't ever lived with an extreme alcoholic. Now, as a bartender for years, I you know I I know it. I've served them and all that, but I'd never had the one-on-one. So I just thought it was part of the home side of alcoholics, the side you don't see as a bartender. And it wasn't really until recently, and in specific that show with Tinny, that I put it together, which has got me on this trajectory of exploring possession. Because he did say that he thought... This this was something that we bring on ourselves. It's almost like a contract you make. So that it's not like the normal person walking around just gets pushed out of their body and uh, some entity comes in. That The choices we make, the little choices all along, end up opening you up to this kind of experience or this state. Like portals and to the soul that, or something? I suppose are portals to not even portals, just knock, knock, nobody's home. And here's a vessel. And so if you've got a weakened, if you've got a weakened constitution or you're in a weakened state, say an addict of some sort, or uh, I, I expect even severe depression where you, you know, where the point where people really want out, but don't want to kill themselves, but just extreme states where they're not really engaged in their life and in this experience. And it's easy for whatever that energy is to come on in. So it's, it's like, we, it's like it's courted. And that, that is something that I think is important to consider in this phenomena. So because otherwise the way I had always thought of it was that you could just be going along and, a demonic entity just decides to take you over. You know, it, it it's not like that. And I, and he made that very clear in the interview. And so that's where the light bulb went off for me, Joe. And that ponder and and looking at my personal experience with this woman and and then overlaying that onto strange events like a, a seemingly 
if we're to buy the narratives, normal person that's been having a normal life, getting up, having their job, enjoying their kids and all this, does something strange. And it makes the news. So, hmm. of course... Of course, there's a, there are many other things or, you know, there's other stuff to talk about there that is a possibility as well. Everything stays on the table for me. It's like MK Ultra and all that. But I'm feeling this possession angle from the way I'm seeing it uh, has a lot of juice to it and is worth looking into deeper. Hmm, that's see yeah i've i've never really questioned what it was not because it's just too hard to explain uh that's another idea that i've tried to ask i've talked to many people about i've talked to gordon white about it uh lots of occultists are there things are there such things as demons and entities that really possess us and if they are what are they are they parts of us are they separate from us because um, like lon milo duquette one magician our occultist will say, well, there are dark aspects. They are separate, but there are dark aspects of us. And then uh, when I spoke to Gordon White, he said, well, that's an idea that he got from Crowley. There are definitely demons that are totally separate from you, and they're, they are real. And that's the way he told it to me. You know, I have to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. So it's confusing. You get mixed messages. It seems like, and I get what you're saying about overlap. It seems like people's experiences are different with this type of stuff. Well, I, I want to make it clear that I'm not, I'm not discounting whether or not, in fact, I believe there are entities. And I think I said that last time. I believe there are entities that surround us all the time. We have our perception of reality is very limited just as a scientific fact, you know, visible light and everything. And so I feel a good sense of conviction, but nothing's a hundred percent with me that yes, entities outside of ourselves and where they are on the spectrum of, a, I guess, a normal good to bad scale. I don't know but I know that they exist. And so I think that, that that's what's happening here, but I don't think that, I think we invite them in. I think passively we invite them in. I, you can, of course, and I do, I do feel a good deal of conviction in this too. I think we can, we can summon them into ourselves. We can say, take, take me over and, and do, do some magic around that and all that. However, that's not where my query is here. This is in the way people passively are trying to be outside of their lives. They just don't engage in their life. And also, if you think about this and where we're going at least in the Western world, and especially in America, because this is really the context of where I'm sitting, it is, we're inundated with all kinds of stuff these days, all kinds of electromagnetic waves, radiation, all this, all the woo that I love to talk about, on top of uh, 
this flash reality, needing information now, needing answers now, you know, flash poetry, flash fiction, flash shows, next, next, next. And attention spans are so low that the distraction rate, which I think lulls people into a low lucidity in their daily lives, also opens people up for entities that want a little playtime. They want an avatar. And so we do it passively. And that's what's kind of scary, I guess, or alarming. Because well, I'm just trying to figure out. happens in mass, what do we do about that? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what you mean by passively because it's kind of a, a thing where my grandfather, he's uh, one of those, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's like Judaist Christians, right? So he is always, he believes in spiritual warfare, right? So he is big into that. And he would tell me the same things, but it was he was real specific, right? He would say, okay, there are things that open portals to your soul that allow for possession. And he would be specific, like, uh, porn or um, looking at certain types of violence or gore, things like mm-hmm. that. And then he said, your ears and your eyes are a portal to your soul. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But what if there really is something to that it, on a, not even a metaphorical sense, but more of like an underlying reality sense, I wonder sometimes. Oh, yeah, I I, I think so. And you know, I, it makes me want to interject this too. You know, our pineal gland, which is, I think, considered for most people the third eye, it has rods in it. It's a te- it's technically like an eye, but it's inside your head, and so therefore it's your, it's psych it's a the clara eye, right? It's a psychic sense. It's for the psychic body, and uh, and so I think we have the ability to to awaken that uh and and so that's that can be a whole side of of woo but that's a fact and but passively it's not like it you know i say passively because i don't think people intend to be possessed and so consciously and yet, what is going on within their subconscious or unconscious layers of desires and wills and wants and all that that pushes forward? So where a good-meaning person can mean well, but their shadow content, for example, can move forward into the front and act to sabotage them. So when this gets extreme or becomes extreme, then we open ourselves up to, say, a psychic portal into your vessel that something with a stronger will that has a more more of a capacity to uh, has more control on the unseen levels, the psychic levels to gain entrance into your vessel, into the shell we have that we work with. And I don't know what goes on from there, but it's just, like I said, I'm just, I'm just putting this all together recently and it's, it's got enough grit and juice for me to continually be interested and to throw this into or onto the table and the mix of all this other stuff that is possible within our waking lives. Yeah. So you're just noticing the cause and effect of certain things, right? Um, 
I'm just noticing something that I never noticed before because I thought of demonic possession as one. It was very, uh, it was not multifaceted the way now I think it is. It was one dimensional for me in my perception of it. And so it's, 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 it's fascinating. So in your opinion, when people are um, possessed with demons or whatever entities, they could be elementals uh, from a Mm -hmm. point of view, they could be all kinds of different things, but when they are, are they aware of it? Like, are they scared? Like help me type scared or are they, just totally oblivious to the fact that something's inside them or something's possessed them. I think it can be both either or, and, and I'll give you an example. So through our, our discord server, I, you know, people can DM me there. I don't have it on like just friends only or stuff. So they'll, they'll join the Knox discord server and they'll DM me. They'll come in, they'll make this thing and start interacting. I had one person after the Timmy show come in and, and say this, he said, uh, this was another, I have so many strange interactions. He said he wanted to be possessed, that he was seeking it out and that this person in his life, uh, said they could, do this and you know it was a a lot i asked him i'm like well why would you want that it's this new and it turned out it was not new it was it that it was new but it was related to this new relationship he was having and he would wake up and she was talking in his ear and then through that experience and these these times that he noticed she was talking in his ear when he'd wake up all of a sudden this desire started to come into him that he wanted to be possessed and he wanted to be pushed out of his shell. He wanted to give over control of his body. And, uh, and then the conversation, you know, I immediately in those kinds of conversations, I kind of, I, I, I move into a distant kind of, perspective more of a a therapist even though i'm not a therapist let me just get that out there i i i just asked you know why would you feel this way and i was just trying to get facts and all that so there's that kind i think some people are courting it some people do want it the thing with hold on a second hold on a second though before we move on did you say that this that he would wake up and and the person he was in was within a relationship was talking in his ear, like yes. in real life. It wasn't a dream. He'd yes. wake up and she was whispering things in his ear. This person he had newly met and was dating. And uh, and so that that is what happened. Yes. And so I Did he I dump said, her? I, I would have. No, he's, he, I, well, I questioned, I said, you know, I questioned him on that front. I'm like, do you, do you think that's a good thing? You know, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge anyone's experience. Sure. And uh, and so I I didn't come at that with that. I just I asked him a couple questions about that. Do you think this is a good thing? And then at this point I didn't know, you know, in my mind I'm thinking, well, if she's programming him basically while he's asleep by power of suggestion, right? Who am I speaking to? You know, am I speaking to a person who's basically hypnotized? 
And and who knows what she's doing in their waking life? Is she mirroring an NLP and all this other these other tools that we have available to us to control people that in fact, you know, advertising and media uses, it's all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, NLP, hypnotism, subconscious programming, uh, mm-hmm. symbols, it's all there. Yeah. It's all but, there. We're always swimming in this stuff. But what I'm curious about is you're saying that he said that he wa- he wanted this. He wanted to accept the possession? Yes. And I, I asked him, I'm like, is this a thought you've ever had in the past? And he said, no, this has never been anything, but I have this desire. And so, I, you know, I suggested that it it was, you know, a suggestive tool and that it was manipulative. And uh, again, I can't, I'm not going to judge. And uh, even though I do think for whatever reasons, yes, I think she was doing that intentionally. I think this was an act of intention and, and he, I know nothing of him. So this could have just been somebody messing with me. Uh, because I just get strangers talking all the time. You know, he said he holds a, a really good job. Uh, he's stable, all this stuff. So I don't know, Joe. Just an example to throw out there that some people, for whatever reasons and for whatever motivations that may have been put onto them through suggestion, can end up and wanting it. He also stressed that he's not a drug user, uh, casual social drinker, doesn't smoke cigarettes even. So I don't know. It was interesting. I thought it was interesting. And it's more fodder to chew on in relation to this phenomena, which I do think is amping. You know, it was only it was only like two weeks later that I saw that article about the holy water over a whole city. In I think it was Brazil. I, I can't recall, but it's out there if you search it. That is a freaky thought to me. Just <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's one thing to like if you're dating somebody, you don't know, really know that person. It takes a long time to get to know somebody, right? And then one day yes. you wake up and they're they're whispering <laughs> weird things in your ear, and then you. For some reason, you're like, well, I, w- I want this possession. What? Oh, yeah, isn't so, that enough to question that, you know, who is this I'm dating? <laughs> and, like, you know, I've, especially. I've never met anybody. Matter of fact, most of the people I talk to have an over edging fear of being taken over by possession. Even when you talk about things like astral travel, lucid dreaming, Magic, the occult, mysticism, aliens, whatever. The, one of the biggest, I would say, top five fears that even I think get blown way out of proportion sometimes of, of that I think most people have is losing control of their body and being taken over by some other spirit or entity. Yet you've actually yes. talked to somebody that wanted it. Yes, and and I'm one of those people too, and I've always called it not not that wants it that does not. I have control issues, which is why I don't mess around with uh, with drugs at all. And so, you know, I did when I was young, and I think it was you know it was great. I'm glad I did, but I mean, it's been so long. And the reason I didn't even pursue anything like that is because of the loss of control. So the thought to me is is actually repulsive. I do not 
want to lose that kind of control, let alone give it up willingly. So, yeah, but I think there's a whole bunch of people in the world that do. And we see this in the BDSM world. You know, there's, there, it's a, it's a big world, Joe, of lots of different perspectives. And so this person was one, but again, he needed to, I, I couldn't get it to him clearly enough. The connection with this is someone new that you just met that all of a sudden you're living with them. And I, I believe he said he was living with her. And then now she's, you're waking up to this experience and you're getting manipulated and now you want to be possessed. This, you know, yeah, that definitely me, should enough. be a warning sign for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I am so cautious of just friends. And uh, over the one I told you about, you know, that was a lifelong friend when I realized that our whole relationship from the very beginning when I was a young, young, I think I was 12 when I met her, you know, that it was abusive the whole time and I didn't recognize it. And, uh, and then by the end I did recognize it and I realized I had, a you know, this, I don't know what the connection was, a bit of trauma and it kept me connected to her. But when I realized it in the end, I, you know, I cut ties with her. And then again, this came back around with this new possession idea where I was able to see looking back, there was a time when she was who she was, who I met when I was, we were both very young and I could start to see the transition from that to the monster in the end that she had become absolutely not her at all. Nothing left of her really, except for her her physical form. Now, this is a different situation. So, Your friend that you said was speaking, you noticed things happening and started speaking different languages, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a different, it's a, yeah, it was, it's not the guy now, now that I'm talking about. It is my, this friend that had passed. But my example is context to knowing the people around you. So if a stranger comes in, and we see this mostly with like love life, you don't know who these people are. You don't know. You get you date, and you don't really have a lot of context to their life outside of what they tell you, and um, and so what I was saying in context to the two is, I'm super cautious now. I hear these stories. I'm investigating this stuff. I've had these personal experiences, and it it inspires me to keep a very close everything close to home, the smaller social circle, and just enjoying people casually and not letting people too close because I don't understand intent with people. And this all ties into dream therapy and dream realities and lucidity. And now this new angle of possession has made the whole thing more complex. And how long it's ago? It's kind of a tangled web. <laughs> I understand. And how long ago did you start worrying about? Well, you know what? We're at the top of the hour already. This is, I didn't even think we were going to go down this road, but with Nish, you never know. You never know. Hey, for reference, check out noxmente.com. We'll be right back. Call the numbers 1 800 588 0334. You can also call in 501 424 5130. We'll be right back. 
information. I love magic and unlining the void each and every week. You will get to hear shows about magic, mysticism, and many other subjects that stretch your mind and imagination. So when I got my mind on the magic and the magic on my mind, I listened to Lighting the Void on the Fringe FM. It's magic. May the gods look with favor upon you. You're wondering what we're going to do to you, guys. <laughs> I listen to Lighting the Void because it's interactive radio with good content, interesting guests, and a humble host. Shari's journey through the esoteric. Hey, Joe Roop. Thanks for having us along for the ride. Thank you so much for a delightful evening. Well, I got a lot of ground to cover. between abnormal and paranormal. There's a show called Into the Paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott. Hear me live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on the Fringe FM. Introducing Shadow Light Tarot from Waking Canvas. The Fringe FM's new contributing artist, Eric Tisi. This hand-illustrated black-and-white self-published deck serves as a reinvention of the tarot never before witnessed. Each of the several suits of this 88-card deck lineup form an infinite panoramic scene. Even the included visual companion guidebook is entirely hand-illustrated, cover-to-cover with beautiful visuals and esoteric symbols and artwork. The newly released deck comes in a custom magnetic box with its own travel pouch. The Shadow Light Tarot Premium Deck and its travel Size mini deck Wonderlight Tarot are both available now from wakingcanvas.com. If you use the code word fringe, that's F R I N G E at checkout, you'll receive an extra 10% off your entire order. To discover more, including a free reading and time lapses of all the illustrated artwork, make your way over to wakingcanvas.com today. That's wakingcanvas.com. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. We all have that story to tell in our life. The winds were howling. The ground shook. You could hear rushing water. And then history repeats itself. When there's no power, refrigeration fails. Doors with their shelves strip bare. ATMs can't operate. Deliveries stop. Then what? These events can last days or weeks. You need a plan. And statements made during recent interviews, FEMA Administrator Brock Long has repeatedly urged all Americans to understand three truths. FEMA is broke. The system is broken. If this is the new normal, Americans can't rely on federal cavalry when disaster strikes. Don't get caught out in the elements empty-handed. Prepare with us by going to preparewiththefriends.com and get your two-week food supply, 92 servings, eight food varieties with 25-year shelf life, normally $137, now only $75. Or get a month's supply, normally $247, now only $147 shipped in one business day. Just go to preparewiththefriends.com or call 888-440-7931. That's 888-440-7931. Get this great offer and be prepared while it lasts. 
We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, the Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. To Lighting the Void Radio. Occult Arcana is a balanced and objective guide to those subjects considered a part of the nature of light and darkness. Addressed in this text is a compilation of material that will provide new perspectives and awaken latent abilities that we all possess. The content herein shall provide magical sustenance for adept and novice alike, and will help strengthen the cornerstone of mystic understanding and alchemical transmutation. If you are interested in this modern grimoire, you can find detailed information and ways to order by visiting www.thesecretteachings.info. Although esoteric and occult studies remain vast, they are rooted within a universal philosophy that is difficult, if not impossible by finite terms, to explain in words. Language places restriction and erects barriers to understandings. By this it is to be understood that there are some things man should consider far too sacred to profane with definition. For these concepts and the manner by which we live our lives, we shall take a note from the Greek philosopher Pythagoras, quote, silence is better than unmeaning words, end quote. To get your autographed copy of Occult Arcana today, simply visit www.thesecretteachings.info or email The Secret Teachings at rdgable at yahoo. Back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. Don't forget the show's here for you Monday through Friday night, 9 p.m. Pacific to midnight. After this show, The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable comes on. And uh, we've been getting more and more listeners each month. Uh, I'm not saying that we're famous and have millions of listeners, but the growth is definitely there. It just keeps happening. And I really thank you guys. Don't know why you listen to this show i feel like i got the worst monotone voice in the world but everybody's like oh no joe it's fantastic it's just the weird it's the weirdest thing in my life either way i appreciate all of you that listen tonight we're here with nish from nox mente and that they do a show about dreaming uh well it's not just dreaming it's consciousness everything a lot of the main stuff we talk about and some of the guests you guys have had on are just out of this world and the stories that they tell it's a 100 percent storytelling podcast i mean people get really intimate with you guys on that podcast and i'm kind of jealous of it but the, when i had you on last time this is happening just like uh it did last time where i don't know where the conversation's going i didn't do a bunch of prep and outline the show or anything and you know what's funny you're talking about possession and um these are the things that have really been on my mind lately because before I used to talk about magic on this show like it was nothing, like it was safe. You know, uh, don't worry about it. Just go for it. Do it. And as I, but that was where I was in my life. So, and as I, I start looking into this more and get a deeper understanding of things and just like you, Nish, hear people's experiences, 
I do worry about the dangers of the stuff. And one of the biggest is possession, opening doors up to yourself uh, to let certain things in. If you don't worry about stuff like that, then I think something's wrong with you to begin with, especially if you know this is real, right? Um, so you're saying that you just recently really started to worry about it, though, right? I mean, how recently? Well, as of the Tenny show, which I think is a month ago, and it's not that I worry about it. It's that I'm you're just seeing noticing it. it, more. it I'm seeing everything in a different light now, and it's not relegated to uh, Christianity and the Catholic right. Church in specific. Uh, and so, yes, with like ceremonial and grimoire magic and all that stuff where they're working with like goetic, goetic entities or demons, if you want to say that, or even the angelic hosts, you know, this stuff's, this stuff's always part of the narrative, the stories. And however, I, I'm seeing things quite differently. Yeah. And it's not necessarily on the negative side. I try not to get, Joe, I really try not to get too caught up in that black and white scenario of good. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. Look, nobody's looking at you like the ultimate judge or talking Christian negativity or anything like that. What I am saying though, is I'm talking about pure cause and effect. We just got through talking. You just told me you got through talking to somebody that contacted you that you didn't even know that had somebody whispering in their ear. And all of a sudden they were, you know, open to being possessed. Now, some people might not judge that or call that negative. I do. I think it's a little scary, you know, and yeah. I'm not one to jump I, out and judge things at all. Yeah. But that's a little freaky to me. Well, and and to use that example with my friend, she was frightening. And at the end of our, basically of our relationship, and that was years before she actually passed away, uh, she, I was terrified of her, absolutely terrified of her. She was, she was, I mean, truly possessed and I used to say that jokingly to some of our mutual friends that she was possessed and because I didn't mean it in in the traditional way in the traditional context but now that I, I returned to it with these new eyes on the situation she was possessed there's mm. no doubt in my mind and this is why she was creepy and it's this experience with her towards the end too has lived on through my, in my dreams. Like I, I still have anxiety about her and I still have, you know, she pops up in dreams. I've only just recently been able to confront her. And so, which was an interesting set of dreams because like when I confronted her, finally I run out and she's in this little car she'd been terrorizing me this whole dream and I run out and I'm like, why have you always terrorized me? And, you know, this all this heavy emotional content focused right at her. And her face was the same, but her eyes shift started to fade out and they looked like um, kind of chameleon eyes, like the, the, the lizards. And a lizard eye, but they were shaped like chameleon's eyes, where they kind of just the eyelid, if you're familiar with the chameleon. And that 
so yay, I confronted her finally and was able to get that. And then another layer of weird there's now I'm looking at a lizard person, you know, or a reptile type person. And so that added another layer of strangeness to all that is her. But back to the possession. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) So you saw your friend turn into a lizard? Not fully. Just when when I had uh, confronted her, it was just her eyes, just her eyes. All of a sudden, I was looking at her clearly. I mustered up enough energy to just confront her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to see her in dreams. I want nothing of her. And that's when her eyes turned into lizard eyes. Whew. Was it yeah, dark? And that was chilling. No, that was in the dream. It was in the daytime. Okay. It was a dream in the daytime. Gotcha. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not something you should listen to, but that's kind of like a whole nother subject. You, so at that point, yeah. you stopped communicating with him. Now, I, look, I want to ask you this. You said earlier they were speaking different languages, and then I'll get to some questions in the chat as well. But uh, what kind of languages? I mean, what did they sound like? You don't have to repeat them, but what did it sound like? Tongues? Did it sound like some type of just, uh, what is it, pig Latin? I mean, what were they? What did it sound like? Well, with this person, I, I noticed different ones. So there was definitely, and I think anyone that knows her knew about this one where she'd drink long enough or it got to a certain state of inebriation, she would click into a Scottish accent. And she and and genetically, she had a lot of Scottish blood, and so you know that was interesting. And it it was nothing. I think that we always thought we we never really knew what to think about that. But as when I last experienced her, and I was living with her for a while, I was in a state of transition from one place to another and I was in the house with her, she had all kinds of scary voices and all kinds of languages. I was not able to discern the languages, but they, they seemed, uh, they seemed there was a coherency to them. Like it wasn't gibberish. It wasn't just tongues. It was like actual language. And, uh, and I would, this is me observing her, not always talking at me. I avoided her at all costs. I had very little interactions with her in once you get to these states. And so, but I could observe her, you know, I'd have to sneak around the house to get something I wanted. Say I want something in the fridge and she'd be shuffling around talking in some strange language. And that's how I was able to realize this is language this is a a really a form language some of it sounded asian sometimes some of it sounded like old old language like i you know i want to say sumerian or uh even like aramaic i mean it was just strange to me yeah language that i've heard around through different vehicles of of music and uh stuff i listen to but I have no idea what she's saying. Well, I've had a couple of instances. I think I can kind of compare with when you feel like you're in the presence of something that's not in your best interest, right? Um, 
I don't want to say it's evil, but it feels that way to me. Um, one was at a nightclub and everybody was just loaded on ecstasy one time. And the second time was a more, let's just say an intimate situation, right? But you get, um, you, you have these moments that you kind of question in your psychology. Like, am I just seeing this? You know what I'm talking about? Like, am I just seeing these mm-hmm. people turn into this stuff and act this way and this presence that I'm feeling or should I trust it? Right. Is this paranoia? Is this, uh, insecurities at the least paranoia at the worst, or is it actually a real thing? So, I mean, I'll give you the club example. The other one's a little bit harder to talk about, but when I was young, I went to this club in Little Rock. It was called nightlife. And it was one of those nights where everybody would go listen to one of those, uh, rave DJs. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. Everybody in the place was loaded on ecstasy. I mean, not just a little bit. It was a lot. So if you walk in there, it was almost kind of like when Constantine walks into that bar with all the vampires and demons and angels and stuff in the movie, you know, because everybody's acting weird and rubbing up against poles and stuff. Everybody acts like they got fleas, you know. Yes, Uh, yes. And I'm thinking, what the? And I'm not I'm not taking this stuff. I just had a few drinks walking around. And I brought a date with me. Now, this was just like a, a girl that was, uh, didn't, she didn't have, to me, at least she, to me, she hasn't done any really bad things in her life, but I didn't know her that well. So she's a really nice, sweet girl, but she started getting the same feelings. And so we got up on the, uh, dance stage cause everybody was dancing and we got in one of those cage type things just to get people from, to stop touching us. Right. So, because everybody's touching and rubbing on everybody, it was insane. And <laughs> these people come up to the cage, like surround the cage, at least 12 or 15 of them. And they grab the, the bars on the cage and they're sticking their heads in the cage, sticking their tongue out like lizards, right? Just oh, making geez. these evil, crazy faces. It's almost like everybody just gave into their beast at once, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, hey, you want to get out of here? And she's like, yeah. And so we just darted the hell out of here, out of there. When we got out of there before I didn't even have to tell her, she said, Hey, did you feel something weird in there? And I was like, yeah, we weren't like Christian church going nothing. We even had a discussion on the way home about that. Like, is there a real such thing as evil and demons and entities? Cause we both felt it. We saw it and we felt it. I mean, people's eyes even looked like they changed to me too. But I wasn't so sure if it was the the lights of the club, if it was my my mentality, like or my paranoia. You know what I mean? How long ago is this, Joe? Mm, man, this was. Let's see. I was was right before I met my ex wife, so I had to have been like just turned twenty one. So I find that interesting. I'm thirty seven yeah, now, I, so. I find it interesting. I have had those experiences also. And, um, and actually I'm having them now. And so I, and I don't know if it's a perception thing there. Everything of course is more relevant to me now because it's the now, right? It's current. It's in context to, you know, the current life when I was having, when I've seen things like that in the past, I was at that time 
this is why I live in San Francisco. You know, there was a lot of LSD involved. I never did any really crazy drugs, but LSD was certainly something I did. I guess some people would consider yeah, that's a, that, that crazy. That's an 8 to 12 hour um, <laughs> trip. That's a crazy drug. It's, it's a commitment, but it's not PCP yeah. or anything crazy. And uh, I just never could do that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I experienced that stuff in and out of different states where it feels like my psychic body, my the Claras, the, the Claras, you know, Clara audience, Clara sentience, mm-hmm. clairvoyance, were aligned and I was open perceptual, perceptually. You know, I was perceiving different layers of reality around me and almost like Jacob's Ladder scene too, right? There's a lot of good examples. But did you see and that so, stuff that I was talking about? And feel it. Yes, y- yes, and and the thing I want to drive home here is I wasn't raised re- of any kind of religion, which a I don't have any baggage with that, so I've never been rebellious towards it. In fact, I find a lot of beautiful stuff in in Christianity and Judaism and all this. Uh, so I, I, what, I, there's no baggage for me there. Well, so I don't, I don't even think it was a. It wasn't a Christian thing for me either. It was just. It wasn't a religious thing. It was just a dark feeling. That's all. A really but dark I, feeling. So when I say that, what I mean is I wasn't front-loaded with demons and angels and all that. Like gotcha. it, it was, it wasn't a thought. And so, yeah, I, it's lower-level entities. I don't even like to say lower-level, but it's definitely low-vibrational entities. And recently, I'm experiencing this at the grocery store. Uh, and anyone that knows me knows I don't like shopping. I'm not a shopper. I'm in and out with stuff. I, you know, everything. I'm not a shopper. The only thing I will, you'll find me meandering about is in antique malls and stuff like that, antique stores. That's the only kind of shopping I like. So, but I'm noticing weirdness with people in mass in public places. So the grocery store, for example, is definitely a good place to get your pulse on it and um, whereas a lot of times a busy grocery store people are zoned out for whatever reason the music whatever's the air quality I don't know where you know you can get bumped people don't, there's no decorum you know excuse me or may I reach in here that kind of stuff seems to go out of <laughs> off the table when you're in some grocery stores but I'm noticing this more and more all the time where people are looking not quite right to me. Something seems unhinged. And this is also one of the things I've been really tracking through people's dreams that I'm listening to, through my own dreams that I'm listening to. And now this whole idea of possession has deepened this line of query for me, this experiential uh, or mood that seems to be pushing in a, a narrative of some sort. And I don't know where, it, you know, it's a narrative, so it's a story. I don't know where it's coming from, but it seems to be something collectively that we're leeching onto. And that, we could say, is attributed to all the media, right? All the shows. we got Walking Dead. We've got, you know, Stranger Things. I mean, all this stuff that's around us all the time. And the collective is 
is tied into that. So it's possible that like a tulpa, we're manifesting this. And by manifesting it, some people are allowing these energies in unwittingly, unknowingly. And and now this reality is before us in a Kinda bigger like way the, than it ever was. The Momo thing, do you remember that when it was going around? Oh, well, refresh my memory. Momo was that ugly, weird-looking statue that was... It wasn't really a statue. It was like a doll that ended up in, they said that it was popping up on children's toys and stuff. And it was the freakiest yes. looking thing, right? But yeah. it seemed like yeah. the more we gave it attention, the worse it got. The worse. The, yes. We you know feed what I mean? It. What we feed grows. People need to always remember that. What you feed in your personal life grows. What we feed collectively grows. Right. Uh, so I want to ask a question to you in the chat, but I want to be real careful about what we say here. Um, <laughs> just to be clear on something, and I have to scroll back to it. Um, it had to do with what you were bringing up earlier about allowing possessions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll think I'll tr- I'll try to word it this way. So you were talking about a, a certain type of pornography before right or a certain type of fetish that people give into oh bdsm yeah right and they want to know well what does that have to do with uh possession well like any anything related to this topic now and this query i'm onto with possession it is so there are submissives that are the submissive type uh, is more open to and seems to be more willingly wanting to be possessed by. And I'm so on the surface level, they just want to be controlled. And, um, you know, there's so many layers to it in the kink world. And so, you know, even if it's just told what to do or, um, you know, a little whippy whippy here, <laughs> yeah. a, a, gets- a little a little bit of brow beating there. Too full on, uh, you know these these Fifty things shades can of go gray very, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and they can go very deep, and so it just depends. So I think if you're coming from that, say personality type, then then it makes more sense if you're willingly coming from that that space whereas and so this was in context of what we were talking about you and i have control issues and not giving up control and so that particular personality type gives up control and so it's not a it was not a value judgment and uh it's in fact it's something i'm working on in my life is trying to not be so controlling of myself not other people it's of myself letting go of control so that i may enjoy things you know and so well they say that with like dmt too you know all those people that really have those breakthrough experiences they say well if you hold on to whatever it is you're holding on to because you think you're going to die or 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 whatever Mm -hmm. it is you won't have the breakthrough experience you have to learn to let go i mean so i think there's something cool maybe or something divine possibly i don't know about surrendering but at the same time Surrendering is what scares most people, I think. You know, well, this is tied into. We talk about this on Noxmente a lot because death 
is the ultimate surrendering and letting go. And so for me, that's why I'm personally working on this idea. It's the 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 big attachment and and so when you get out of body a lot of people's when you're doing like a, an OBE happens and you you realize that you're not in your body oftentimes people snap back in because they fear they've they've possibly died or are dying and that has happened to me it it still happens to me where that thought passes through my head and and I don't and what's strange about it is I don't have a fear of death because I don't think we die. We're energy. Energy, you just, it transmutes. And so, it, but it's still such a weird internal fixed mechanism within my psyche that the minute I'm out of body sometimes, I fear that something's going to get my body or I'm dying. And that ties into loss of control for me. Yeah, I want to get a little bit a deeper into this conversation. Uh, what I'm going to do is, so as we're already halfway through the show, I'm going to bring up <laughs> things like, um, theurgy, you know, the art of theurgy, uh, and magic where people open themselves up and surrender to a certain God forms. And there's a, a pretty cool and fantastic, but also something that might make you worry a little bit too, and just get your opinions on that as well. I don't know if anybody's ever talked to you about theurgy before, but, um, I wanted to talk about that as well as a little bit more about this possession things. What are like elementals, thought forms, tulpas, stuff like that with Nish from Nox Mente. We'll be right back. Nesbit, take the time to expand your mind by listening to Lighting the Void with Joe Roop right here on the Fringe FM. Hey, is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Studio 401, it's the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on The Fringe FM. I'm Vance Nesbitt, and here's our headlines. Pentagon ordered to tell Congress if it weaponized ticks and release them to the public. Some members of the United States House of Representatives are concerned the Pentagon may have unleashed disease-infected ticks that caused the spread of Lyme disease. Roll Call reports that on July 11th, the House stealthily decided 
to take a voice vote to support an amendment to the 2020 Defense Authorization Bill that would require the Department of Justice to look into the weaponized ticks. According to the Congress-focused newspaper, New Jersey Republican Representative Christopher Smith wrote the amendment which demands the Inspector General shall conduct and review of whether the Department of Defense experimented with ticks and other insects regarding the use of biological weapons between the years of 1950 and 1975. If the review determines that such a project did take place, then the amendment reportedly insists the Inspector General must present Congress with information on the scope of the research, including whether any ticks or insects used in such experiments were released outside of any laboratory by accident or experimental design. Smith, who is a co-chairman of the Congressional Lyme Disease Caucus, told Roll Call he hopes the Inspector General will share information that sheds light on these reports and could be used to hinder the spread of Lyme disease. Source, Gizmodo.com And according to a new Gallup poll, this is the first time in history the majority in the United States backs human missions to Mars. The polling reflects that 53% of Americans are in favor of attempting to land an astronaut on Mars, as opposed to the 46% who are not in favor. Support for a Mars mission is up from previous decades, and both Democrats and Republicans are equally supportive of the Mars project. Source, Gallup.com And an alien moon likely seen forming in a first-of-its-kind picture. In a possible first, a giant faraway planet may have been caught in the act of growing moons. Seen in an image from the ALMA Observatory in Chile, the young planet orbits a small star roughly 370 light-years away, and it appears to be swaddled in a dusty, gassy disk, the exact type of structure scientists think that produced Jupiter's many moons billions of years ago. Source and photographs of this story at nationalgeographic.com. And that brings us nicely into this edition's fun fact. There is a company in the United Kingdom that offers being hungover as a valid reason for calling off work. And they are allotted four hangover days per year. But we can't share the name of the company. Thanks for listening to the Stranger Than Fiction News right here on the Fringe FM. Again, I'm Fance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. Right, me old chiners. I know it's an ad break, but before you lot shoot off and make yourself a cup of Rosie Lee or whatever else it is you're going to sling down your Gregory Peck, you need to listen to me bubble. If, like me, you found your way to light in the void via a downloadable podcast, you might want to take a butcher's at the Fringe FM Wind and Kite. You won't, Adam and Eve, how many other shows there are or what they rabbit on about. Ancient history, conspiracy, the consciousness, the esoteric, the occult, metaphysics, parapolitical, ufology, technology, 
technology and spirituality to name but a few. They got featured hosts like Ryan Gable, Jeremy Scott, Alex Exum, Tim Doyle, Cortana and Gigi, Susanna Ross, the Reverend John Polk, Michael Deacon and J.D. Lewis. You might find yourself listening to the thoughts and theories of the author of The Fish You Just Finished Reading. Or you could pick up the dog and bone, call in and tell everyone your own beliefs or experiences. So do me a favour. Before you put on the Ansel or crack open a bottle of vino or roll a joint, go to the Fringe FM and see what you're missing. Hi, this is Aaron Hunter, host of Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and you're listening to The Fringe (laughs) FM. Lighting the Void. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335. If you would like to text, you can text in at 501-777-5631. All right, so tonight we're here with Nish from Knox Mente, and uh, the, the conversation has turned towards... Thought forms, elementals, possession, things like that. Um, and I don't think there's a better person to talk to about this subject than you because you guys on your show at Noximente, that's pretty much what you guys get into. I mean, look, I talk about all kinds of things on here, even space travel, conspiracy, you name it. But you guys, uh, you and Jerry, you specifically try to focus on people's experience with consciousness, right? Like how they experience their yes. dreams and out-of-body experiences, even maybe occult type things um so i think it's a great show by the way i cannot say that enough if you're into these things like i am um it's a fantastic show because y'all don't really uh take a lot of beliefs to the show and i try not to do that too i try not to do that i try to be open-minded and just hear the other person's experience as much as possible because i don't want to uh, have any preconceived notions as if I understand someone's experience, but it is cool. Uh, what you call the overlaps and parallels and things like that, that you get to pick up on the show, right? Yes. Thank you. By the way, it's a great compliment coming from you. Coming from me, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that means, (laughs) but I respect you, Joe. (laughs) I really mean that. I, I like the show. So, um, and thank you. I respect you guys too. So, uh, and I respect you, and I respect the the show. Respect. <laughs> it's like a messed up <laughs> word, right? Um, but so I just want to talk to you about this. The surrendering. Um, people don't like being possessed. They're afraid of it. It's a big fear. I mean, come on. If you listen to any conspiracy talk show, that is one of the major things they talk about. Is things happening to you via mind control, possession, or it's always the stuff that's out of your control that freaks the people out the most. However, when you look into spirituality um, and you look into things like mysticism or even Western magic, uh, they have this art that I've read about in the tree of life, Basil Regardi, that's pretty much theurgy, which is a broad term for allowing a divine thing to come into your life, what they consider divine to come into your life and, uh, take over pretty much or affect your life in a certain way. Now, religions do that, right? They do that by praying for Jesus to come into their heart or whatever. 
But specifically what the magicians would do is these rituals they called the assumption of God forms. Now, if you've ever saw one of these things happen with your own eyes, it's pretty freaky. So what they'll do is they'll do a battery of rituals. It's not just one ritual, by the way. They'll do a series and a battery of rituals, and then they will invoke a God form. Usually, from my experience, it's been like Egyptian or whatever. So you could say like um, Thoth or uh, Hathor or whatever. And when they do that, in their mind, body, and soul, they become, It's they use their imagination, but to an extent that they believe that it's real. So they actually become that uh god or that being and if you read into some texts about egypt and there's a really good one called uh, the sacred magic of ancient egypt by rosemary clark uh, where mm. they would do these types of things and they would dress up like the god and they would feel and act as if they were the god and they swear that it would make divine things happen in their life so i got two questions for you about this knowing that do you understand what i'm talking about so far Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so knowing that, one, and this is from the devil's advocate conspiratorial mind, how do they know that that God form is just as divine as they think it is? And two, are they really letting something take over? Or is it just their their psyche and imagination, right? You ever think about that? Well, of course, and I think that... You know, it basically means uniting with the divine, and I, in the Neoplatonic tradition, it so right. This is always a ponder of mine, and I think that it should be a ponder of anyone that takes on this work. Is there is no way of knowing really what you're calling in. And so there's this element of, for me, again, one that's not very willing to give up (laughs) control. (laughs) I don't know that I'm so trusting of things I can't see. Uh, This doesn't negate the experience. And I, I know for my, from my own personal experiences of working with magic that these things are real and not in my head. So I don't know, though, what's real. What's really coming in is what I think is coming in. Uh, so that's a big deal. And I, I, I question people that wonder or take it, even with all the wording and the whole processes, processes of going through the different ways of getting there because it can be said that even doing uh i mean i think you can even see this without calling it this without formalizing it you can see it in in certain spiritual churches too like uh those like the pentecostals you can see it in voodoo you can see it in in a lot of different folkish kinds of magic as well and so right I don't know. I don't trust it, Joe. I did. I did. There was a time back in my life when I was doing things more in that vein where I did trust what was happening. Now I have no trust in it. 
I understand that. don't do those things. I think, I mean, I think it's a valid fear. You, I don't think you should jump into it without thinking about it. Looks like we have a caller from uh, seven. Well, they just hung up. Man, if you're going to call in, you got to wait till people finish what they're saying before you hang up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not just going to stop people mid-sentence because so, you called in. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, I, I have a valid fear fear of that right um too but it, i think i think it's valid i think everybody should question that uh when you accept something to take over your life your your psyche your soul your mentality all that stuff you should you should question how much do you believe um, believe in this right it needs to matter to you i think um i don't think it should be an experiment and this is what i talk about when i'm saying that things are people are like dangerous sometimes because I'll get messages like, hey, Joe, I've got this book and I wanted to try this type of magic um, where they're invoking like goetic spirits and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what you're do you know what that spirit means, what it stands for? Have you read up on it? Do you even know if the operation's right? Have you read the, the other four books that talk about the operation where they all yeah. have different viewpoints of it? Or do you just want uh, the girlfriend down the street and you're willing to get possessed for it? Right. Let's be smart oh, yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah. And so when this I is, when I say magic oh, is sorry, dangerous, I don't mean it's dangerous for people that know what they're doing or that have a certain mentality about it. I mean it's dangerous to think that stuff like that is just absolutely safe and you're and it's a good experiment to try, you know. I don't believe that at all. Well, I think it's important. I feel like for me doing self-work and self-analysis and self-exploration and trying to get to transcendental states of mind and moving deeper into uh, what is possibly going on, what could be going on, the whole religious experience, however you want to wrap it, uh, is part of what I think we should be doing. And I just question sometimes the processes and and partly and skeptical these days you can anyone come by any grimoire now information is out on anything you want in these matters and i think that's not a a good thing i think that the old school occult mysteries need to remain there i do think there needs to be gates a gate system to get to stuff and there's a reason why old orders would weed people out through a series of initiations and now the fact that you can just pick up this information anywhere and get the get the symbols and the sigils and everything worked out and get going with it is not a good thing and I understand also the idea that's put up there in contrast to that, that the information finds who it needs to find. Yes, I agree. There is, an, there is certainly water rises to its own level, attraction and all this stuff with vibration and frequency. However, this free form of invocation into the spiritual world without context or grounding in some sort of basic way can lead to a level of psychosis that 
is not favorable to the person and to the people around the person. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the information all being publicly available, whereas I am a fan of free speech and free will and all that, but I do think there is something to an initiation system. And I do think some things need to remain sacred. And by sacred, meaning that you go through a process to get to the information. So, you know, if you're taking a bunch of SSRI drugs and from your your psych doctor and all of a sudden you're diving into wanting to evoke goetic entities, I question that. I question, is this wise? Is this really wise when you're not mentally there yeah, to definitely. begin with? Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Is it is it wise to do? Are you sure you're ready? And there is a there's. You know, every time I bring up old initiatic systems in the mystery schools, I've been touted as this guy that's trying to talk about snooty magic or something. And yet, when I have like really intelligent people on here, like Dean Radin or yourself or others, mm-hmm. they they totally believe in that and agree that before you start drawing circles and symbols and really getting into stuff and invoking certain spirits, that you need to be mentally prepared for it at the very least and prepared in other ways too. Now that's just their opinion and people can do whatever they want. But when they hit me up and talk to me about this kind of stuff, they expect me to say, you know, just go for it, man. See what happens. No, because, and I'm not even saying that it's real to the extent that you believe it's real. I just believe in cause and effect. Let's look at what happens to people that do that. Let's read people's journals. Let's look at cases of, What's happened when people have done these types of things? And it's obvious that there's some type of cause and effect. So is it smart to do? I don't think so. Um, but I'm not saying don't do it. Because if you take somebody like Lon Milo Duquette, who's been on the show a couple of times, he's in the OTO. Uh, he's talked, I guess, invoked a few demons in his life. And he even has some YouTube channels where he talks about it, about the experiences that he goes through and what happens. And yet he still believes that there is a process to get there. He's still followed an initiatic process, whether you like his process or his order or not, he still followed a system to get to that point before he started doing those things. So why did they do that? Well, what you get back is, well, it's just snooty magic or you want your black belt in magic or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, I just think I hear some of the dumbest stuff from supposedly some of the smartest people in the occult world. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. I think for me, this is kind of a dark age of of magic right now because it's so available. These these rites and rituals are so available, easily available, and and yet at the same time, you know, people that can't even follow a conversation with with attention span. If you can't get through a conversation or if you need to be continually like tweeting while you're talking to someone next to you or on your phone or you have attention issues or any of that, why 
I mean, I, again, I just question, is it wise to mess with this stuff? And then, uh, you know, another thing that's always perplexed me is the surface level stuff where people want to come in. And I, underst- I understand this on one level, but where riches are concerned, they want, you know, physical... Material the, things? The whole hidden, yeah, the whole hedonistic stuff, that angle. that, And I get it, of course, yet there's... This is kind of speaks to the depth of character as well. And I just... I think it's prudent to be to slow your roll and and to get through. I have seen people literally pick up old grimoires and go s- without reading anything, any pretext, anything, and go straight to rituals. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. I, I and and it, it just it's it, it boggles me. And again, I'm I'm not going to control anyone, but I think that these things have very long legs so something you did in haste you know 20 years ago well that that little stone in the pond ripples out energetically and 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 so you've got to think about it i mean even with eclipses we see that there's a a, you know they last a certain amount of time it's not just the moment of the eclipse and so this is why people need to be schooled in what they're doing and it applies in so many other le- on so many other levels of our lives that you know you can't nope, just nope. all of a sudden get this great job by saying i i took one class and now i'm in our you know, i took an archaeological class now i'm i'm digging up sites and stuff i well, don't you yeah, don't you think that it's kind of weird that we're doing it to begin with, that we assume to think that we understand what's in the unseen realm because we read 12 books? Well, I, I do. But I also I think if you've got uh, I do, I, I agree. I want I really want to say I agree with that. However, I do think that there are people that really get down and dirty and have done the work on themselves and uh, have have a sense of place and grounding, and then have done the work into into the praxis, whatever it is, that that are equipped to go in and do this work, and and I think it it benefits everyone when these kinds of people do this kind of work, and so. What about people you know, like? Are you familiar informed. with? Are you familiar with Mark Passio's work at all? Yes. Yeah. So, there in my mind, there's nobody more like that's doing what he's doing. Of course, that that really pisses him off when he says that, but he, he gets really angry and upset because he feels like he's the only person out there that is trying to educate people that we live in a a world that's controlled by occult things. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and that we're a slave to it. And I mean, this guy, he gets really upset about, I was thinking about that the other day, watching what he was talking about. And he teaches a lot about Freemasonry, the occult, what all this stuff really means. Um, and it all adds up. Right. But the thing is, is I don't think that we want to know. That's what I think. Cause we, we, we've, 
gotten things like Neuralink and all this other stuff. We do so much stuff to make sure that we don't have to burn calories and that we can get information as fast as possible. Uh, that I don't think sometimes I wonder if we should be messing with this stuff at all. Period. Well, okay. So I have this, I have kind of a, I have a thought here. The, if we look at, and we, we decode, you seriously decode your world. And by looking at the fact that everything around us is working on a symbolic level and, and so no matter how you look at the world, you're being controlled by these images and by intelligent people engineering our realities. So from commercials to billboards to radio frequencies, I mean, it's just we can just get so deep into this that. And I'm not saying there's a conspiracy there, that there's a group of people that are coming together and deciding to create the world this way. I'm saying that in advertising, you know, the art of NLP is there, that these tools are being used and they're being used everywhere with about everything. And so the world to some extent, is already there. It's already a cult by nature without having to have a nefarious angle. I don't think, when I think of a cult, I think of it in its classical sense, not nefarious to me at all. And um, so I think it's wise and behooves everyone to understand social engineering, the art of advertising, you know, 48 laws of power. I mean, get into some of this the the mechanism that's running society and the societies we're living in and detach yourself from the idea that there's a conspiracy going on just learn the tools that are being used all around you on you and start to see as an observer how your reality is actually a construct and so when we come at it from that angle without making it good or bad, evil or good, all this, it becomes a different narrative unfolds. And of course, the narrative is what? A story. So we have another story to look at. And uh, that story opens up new neural pathways within the brain. And now the world looks, a bit, to me, a bit like they live. Again, I'm not saying there's a group of people or an invading influence. I'm just saying that through the arts of symbols, we are completely controlled. To me, it's So then if we take that down to the microcosm in our own worlds and we use these same tools to unravel that. Yeah, the the truth and mystery of it. Right. Yes. And so this is this is a very good thing. You know, question your reality. Always question your reality. Well, this, what I'm trying to say is like Mark Passio was in the church of Satan. Like he was a priest under a different name in the church of Satan, right? Yes, and yes. When any, anytime somebody comes out and says something like that, you would be a fool not to question if they're telling the truth or not. Yet on every level of the occult, this guy understands what's going on. He can relate it to science. He can relate it to to everything, right? And the other day he did a presentation, and I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to get him on the show, but I know he's busy. 
But the other day he did a presentation where the entire society of American culture is one big satanic ritual. And I, this isn't really like a, the Satan scare type thing, because the way they describe the satanic church, it's not what most Christians would think at all. But the way that they right. use people and the way that they use the symbolism and the, the way that they use all of those occult tools to control the society it is a pretty freaky thing when you start looking at just how complex it is, but also that in every aspect of our government and every aspect of everything in our society, like you brought up advertising, government, technology, you can see this, uh, this yes man, yes ma'am type system. And even people that are being the yes man and yes ma'ams walk around wearing the symbols that are, they are unaware of, of what they even mean. This is yes. the military. If you work at a yes. grocery store, if you're wearing clothing, a certain types of things that just happen to happen on certain dates. And that is really strange to me because he talks about how, uh, Freemasonry, damn it, we're at the top of the hour, but Freemasonry, like original Freemasonry <laughs> was a good thing. And it's, but it's been corrupted. It's never been the, what it was originally designed for. Our forefathers built this government on the concept and the structures inside Freemasonry, the government, the systems, all of that. But where I think where they messed up was, is if we don't watch ourselves, we let people to get uh, power hungry in there. And I think JFK warned us about this kind of stuff, too. When they start to get into every aspect of society and they know these things, well, there you go. But uh, anyways, yeah, we got to take a a break here listen if you call in i'm going to take your call you just got to let people finish their sentence that's all you know i think we had a couple of people that didn't want to wait more than 10 seconds before we picked up the phone <laughs> or maybe the phones aren't working i don't know but just we'll take your call all right it's 1-800-588-0335 you can also go to the fringe fm chat too we'll be right back with nish from knox mental in the deep south as we're lighting the void with joe roop on the fringe fm Did you know that qualified patients can access medical cannabis in all 50 states? Innocence is a medical cannabis collective that helps patients in all 50 states gain access to cannabis medication. Innocence does this with a streamlined process and strict compliance with the Compassionate Use Act of 1996, the Affordable Care Act, and the U.S. Constitution. It is important for each patient to understand the legalities involved, the costs, and the benefits of cannabis medication. Through truth, legalization, and education, the medical benefits of cannabis will supplant recreational perceptions and the real vision for change will be realized let the people and their personal doctors take control of their medical cannabis decisions before the greed of big business takes over the tipping point for change is today and CannaSense is ready to lead the charge and enable legal access for all qualified patients to medical cannabis through its proven system for more information go to the friends.fm forward slash care or click the banner on the website today
You are listening to the Fringe FM, and I'm Michael Deacon reminding you, you can find my show right here on the Fringe FM every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, or by going to michaeldeacon.com. The choice is yours. Ahoy there. Gigi here from Shift Happens. Do you like to boogie down to topics such as ufology, the occult, and the mysteries behind our reality? Why well, invite you to join us every Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, that's 10 p.m. Eastern, as we like to punch that curiosity button and tickle that fancy. You tickle that fancy, but yeah, you know, I don't know if that's the right analogy, but there's certainly a lot of tickling going on over here at Ship Happens. AncientLifeOil.com. For your CBD needs, just remember, AncientLifeOil.com. What's it do for the body, you ask? I can't say you do the people in the suits that run the industry. Big Farm is all over CBD because of its H-E, well, you know what I mean. Research the benefits of CBD on Google and come back to ancientlifeoil.com and purchase your CBD today. Non-GMO and all organic. You don't want to be using a petroleum product. You want to be using the cleanest CBD product on the market. Ancientlifeoil.com. We even have CBD for your pet. Help your pet's discomfort. Help your discomfort. Log on to ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Newly reduced prices to pass off the savings to the most important person, you. Ancientlifeoil.com. And one more thing, we have topicals too. So if you have joint pain and some different issues that are going on in your body, you might want to use a topical. Think about it. Ancientlifeoil.com. Alex this is Alex Exum of the Exum Experience and Live Talk, where we discuss current events, society, and culture. My shows are based in actuality, actual existence, contrasted with what was intended, expected, or believed. You can listen to me live Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 7 p.m. only on KTLK The Fringe FM. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you are interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. When I'm done running with the wolves after hunting down a half-ton bison, I look forward to a mind-teetering escapade evening on The Fringe FM. You got me to go on a rant there, actually. We're with Nish from Not I Sleeping. I love it. 
I don't like going on rants, though. You know, I actually did have a a listener made me think real hard last week. You know, contacted me and said, "Well, I've heard you as a guest on other people's shows, and you sound like you know you're more confident. You know what you're talking about." But I don't like to be that way as a host. I really don't. I mean, even when people come on this program and talk about things that I think I already know about and know a lot about, what if they're about to tell me something that I don't know, that I've never heard, that I might learn, right, from their experience? And uh, this is why when it comes to the occult and magic and uh, consciousness exploration, I have changed my mind. Like when I started the show, Nish, it's because I had an out-of-body experience, because I realized that the super coincidences of magic and stuff weren't coincidences and mysticism. And I really never cared to look into these things before, but now I'm here and I've got more questions than I got answers. But I think it's very, very soothing to hear someone like you ask the right questions. You know what I mean? We should ask the right questions. We shouldn't assume because we read a book and 30 other people talk about the same things that that's what it really is. I don't think yeah. I don't think we should assume. I think we should keep experimenting. Of course, we do have to take some risks, right? I mean, for you and I, an out-of-body experience is is that a risk to you? It's not to me, but for others it is. So I guess it's all about figuring out where your risk level is with this stuff. Yeah, you know, I like a fearless soul, and I'm certainly a fearless soul and have definitely been more of a fearless soul as far as explorations into the unknown. And and so I don't know that I would call it risk-taking, but I get where that, I get that idea. So I just, I really feel that when you dive into stuff of this matter, that it's, it's it's really important to have done self-work. I think we need to do self-work no matter what. I think it's part of what this experience is about. Know thyself. It's a, it's a tenant. It's a laurel. And I think that I also believe, you know, there's that old school, mystery school, you know, thing where age kind of plays into stuff so if you think about it in context to your own life you know the you at 15 20 25 30 you know up into 33 past your Saturn return is the you know the different you's many lives within the one and I think a certain maturity is important when approaching these matters these matters of dealing with other worlds through ritualistic means and other entities and tapping into modalities that open you up to portals of perception i think that it's important to know thyself and you only get to this is work you have to do on yourself you can be guided there are many ways to get there but in the end we do this work ourselves, just like we we die ourselves. We are born ourselves. Yes, the mother is there, and we're moving through her. Uh, yet you have to do the, you know, you're doing the self-exploration 
yourself to understand what's your shadow content, what are these pieces of personality that you're projecting onto the world. Uh, all this stuff is so important when we're looking at ritualistic work. Again, yet the more I talk to uh, folks about it, the more they only care about two things, two big things, right? Protection and manifestation. I swear there's only a few that I talk to that are interested in on finding out who they really are. Now, there's to me, there's nothing wrong. I'm not judging that. There's nothing wrong with wanting uh, good things in your life and, and living a fun and, and good life and a fulfilling life. Nothing wrong with that. And look, it's basic programming that tells us that we have to work ridiculously hard to get those things. That that's a rule. That's not a rule. That's just a cause and effect, like working hard playing the long game, having a good work ethic just gives you good results. But it doesn't always mean that that's the truth in every case. But my point is, is that that's the two biggest things. And so when I read the old Rosicrucian manuals of the Golden Dawn and stuff like that, these guys, I mean, all the manifestation and stuff, the, the divination methods, that stuff was like a side effect. Really, they were trying to figure out the ultimate big question and uh, they believed, and so did Crowley and these others, that eventually they were going to have to give their self over to their angel or their holy guardian angel or to their higher self. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, do you know for a fact if that's what that is that you're giving yourself over to? And only you are going to know that. And if you don't, then why would you risk it? I, I think that... I think it's important again to to go in with that knowledge that nothing is what it seems and and I think we need to apply that to everything and and the way you apply that is by questioning reality here and now questioning deducting you know stripping away to get at a core or a kernel and this deeper stuff, this deeper level stuff that Enville, that is about other worlds. And ultimately, when we're talking death, when we're talking transcendence, we're talking about other worlds, other states of being, other realities. Uh, that it's, isn't it better to be well prepared? And if you're going into... A lot of people, let me put it this way, a lot of people are walking around in their daily lives with all their junk, all their unconscious junk projected out into this canvas that is the outer world, projected out onto, you know, all your personality types are projected onto the people around you. So, you you know, your feeling function, if you're not a f feeling person, gets projected out onto the touchy-feely person at work that you don't like because you're you're pushing it outward and you're, you've not integrated it. Yeah, that happens to and, me a lot because I'm a, what do you call it, uh, too open sometimes. And I don't like, like I project the fact that I don't like people that are always hiding stuff or won't tell me mm -hmm. what their real agenda is. Just tell me what you want. Talk to me, right? But the fact that it frustrates <laughs> me so much is why I run into it so much. You know, absolutely. And I think that that's part of this whole idea of self-gnosis is starting to get an understanding and feel and, and an easy way to do this kind of 
deeper work is really through dream work and understanding how that mechanism works for you. When I go into my dreams, I understand that I'm moving through, I've got an elderly dog in here, sorry. I understand that there's a layer where everything is just my own filing system and by filing system, it's not just the stuff that's I'm unraveling from the day. It's did this, I don't know, for a new agey term, did my inner child get hurt today? And so now I've got to deal with that kind of, that personality, that dynamic in the dream through a symbolic representation of a person in a dream that I have an interaction with. And so when you, when you're able to start integrating this stuff internally, your outer world shifts because it's connected, Joe. Let me tell you something that you really don't want to hear. There's no, but nobody cares about that. Nobody, (laughs) when it comes to radio, especially nobody cares about that. They want to hear a story about a Bigfoot you ran into or a UFO you saw or a world <laughs> you jumped down or something. They don't want to hear your philosophies, right? Even though philosophy, and I've told you this, remember? Even though yes, absolutely, what you're talking about is probably the most important thing in that person's and your life. And, that, and that's uh, a problem too, <laughs> I think, right? So that's is, why I don't care about It's just my trying to be cautionary. <clears throat> yeah, you know but what that's saying? what I'm saying. That's why I don't care about I used to care about how entertaining and compelling I was and all, I don't care anymore. Like I, if, if I've got an issue, I'm going to talk about it. Yes. And you know what? I think a lot of people are, are coming to this level. And I think certainly a lot of people that are interested in these subjects genuinely are, are listening to these shows talking about this deeper level stuff and not just the, you know, hocus pocus level or or the exciting and very sexy side of it or you know there's i think there's a deeper layer there's always a deeper layer there are the seekers out there and we find each other and we listen to each other so but again back to the world around us you know hollywood is shaping us and advertising is shaping us and and so we're swimming in these waters constantly and it's just i think it personally is sexy to decode your reality i think it's, think it's sexy? quite exciting i do yeah when i go out <laughs> i look at because i know i look at i look at a billboard and i know exactly what's actually really being said or i can watch people interacting with each other and i see the act of mirroring right and i see nlp in action and uh, you know so i am aware of these things and it's easier to navigate the landscape i got you and so I find that sexy. That's adaptable stuff. I understand. Stuff. I got you. It looks like a 510 area code. Who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Josh. How y'all hey, doing? What's going on, Josh? Hello, Josh. Oh, this is really great because um, I was just, I've been giving a lot of thought to this uh, in the past several days because I was uh, hitting the books, reading some, uh, you all familiar with uh, Napoleon Hill, the Think and Grow Rich guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was going through that, and he says, you know, the most important thing is to figure out your definitive life purpose, right? So 
this kind of goes back to the idea of the true will and stuff. And, you know, just what you guys are saying is so righteous because it is really cool to think about monsters and UFOs and psychic powers and things like that. But at the end of the day, what the heck do we want and who are we, right? So I think that you, your guys are hitting on some really important points. And it was just like uh, just the stuff you were just saying about Hollywood and all those things was really great because that's exactly what I was calling basically was we're kind of fed this distraction uh, idea, right? That it's kind of better to just yes. accumulate, accumulate things, accumulate power, kind of have a lust. I don't want to say like worldly things are bad or anything, but, you know, just have a lust for, you know, acquiring things and just work, 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 and then keep uh, following those goals that are kind of put on those billboards. It's like, uh, you, you all are familiar with that John Carpenter movie, They Live, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Genius. Exactly. So it's just, you know, you put on the glasses and you see the reproduce and die and you don't necessarily, there's not, it's, it's really hard to find the way out, right? Because that's the whole world. I mean, I don't know. So it's just, it's really interesting that you guys are talking about that because, again, I, I never thought I would be into like, say, Napoleon Hill. It just seemed hokey. Right? Have you I mean, um, in the past, but have you read his book that he talks about? Uh, what what was it that he didn't even publish? Uh, outwitting Count, the, out, outwitting, outwitting the, the devil. devil. That's outwitting a fascinating yeah, book. That's a, it's a really good book because there's the yeah. Actually, thanks for reminding me about that, Joe. Because there's in that the concept of drifting. Right, mm. he says that's kind of what the devil does. Is the devil consistently keeps you drifting? Yeah, yeah so yeah. you're distracted. And you follow these caprices. Yeah, he's got like tools, and one of them is called hypnotic rhythm. Like that's his favorite tool to get you in a state of yes, hypnotic it, rhythm. Smoking is hypnotic rhythm. Watching TV is hypnotic rhythm. Uh, uh, things yeah, that you and, just and do ne- like that. It's the negative inver- uh, uh, version of a trance state because you know trance states can be really highly uh, effective ways of reprogramming oneself themselves. Right. But you have to be the one who's driving the gears and you need to be sure that you're actually setting your real goals. So I don't know. It's just been really helpful because I'm kind of trying to figure out how to reduce everything to a single, especially as you know, I'm, I'm basically Joe's age and maybe a couple months older or something. Right. But just being of that generation, you know, we're kind of told to not over specialize. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like we're supposed to multitask and do so many things. And it's like, Joe, what you said a few days ago when you had that uh, epiphany or whatever of the voice, that's that's just amazing. You know what I mean? Just yeah, those know, things are rare. I don't know. They're very rare yeah. in your life. Right. And we don't cherish them enough. Or And like even times when we get brilliant ideas, we don't write them down. We got so much stuff that goes on in our life that we don't. uh I think we miss a lot of the stuff that we're here to do sometimes. I really do. Um, but I'm curious now that you've called in what your viewpoint is on something. I've always wanted to kind of ask you, cause I've talked about this about how the occult and mysticism and magic is more prevalent in a more detailed oriented fashion in Hollywood. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think they're using that to program us like I'm just giving you the conspiracy side here or they're just using it because Mm -hmm. it's a fad 
or that more people are aware of it. I wonder about that sometimes. Well, I think, I think it's, that's actually a super interesting question because again, it's like how much of this is programming and how much of it is, uh, you know, just history and people uh, kind of opening up the treasure houses of all these images, right? So I think that it's a really good question. I think that in a lot of ways, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's really sort of both, I guess I would say. It's the fact that there's a lot of um, access to these things. And I think a lot of it is done in a way where people are maybe bringing it to its lowest common denominator in certain regards. Like for instance, I didn't like hereditary at all. Right. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, I didn't really consent to be a part of this, like uh, thing, you, you know, ritual for payment. Right. But I love the wicker man. That's my favorite movie basically probably ever. God, right? yeah, so, so, Which yeah, wicker man? Oh, the Christopher Lee one. I mean, yeah, Nick Cage is the funny, wicker man. but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, or the devil <laughs> rides out, things like that. Those are really great films or like uh, Kenneth Anger. I remember right? uh, when yeah. I was watching yeah. that as a kid, I grew up a Christian and that freaked me out. Because I, I don't think my dad knew I was watching it. And he's sitting there getting burned alive. And he's going, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right? And I'm like, hey, dad, why is this guy still burning to death? You know? And he believes in Jesus. Like, this is weird. Oh, you ain't supposed to be watching that. You know? But I, he wasn't there. So I watched the whole thing. And I remember just how much it freaked me out when I saw it the first time. It's an incredible oh, yeah. film. So, and, you know, I think that's possibly a part of it as well and you guys have mentioned the satanic panic and things like that you know it's like how much of luciferianism as an idea is kind of a helpful thing is one thing right but then you're dealing with and now i don't want to go down the conspiracy path but you know like michael aquino and stuff like that he doesn't seem like he's a very good guy right so there's just kind of you can open up those fields into different things and there's just, you know, and sorry, there was one other thing you guys mentioned earlier that I thought was really great, too. Yeah, is, go ahead. Um, talking about how, you know, a lot of the founding fathers were masons and stuff like that. Like, masonry is one of those things, too. It kind of bifurcates. There's really good and bad stuff. But I think, Joe, you had also brought up this, the Saturnalian impulse or whatever and how the court system and the black robes and all those things yeah. were a part of that. And um, what the hell? Oh. I was listening to uh, the THC interview with David Icke and uh, you know, I have mixed feelings about that guy too, but just when he was bringing that up, it, it just kind of brought up a lot of those things. And it's like, Did he well, bring that up? I don't necessarily. Yeah. And I don't think it's intrinsically bad. Right. But it's, it's a certain influence. And I think that's kind of how I try to look at these things. But again, how much of my metaphysical stuff has just been me researching these books and reading all these things for experiences or to build a a treasure house of imagery, which is actually keeping me from what you guys were talking about, which is actually the most important thing, which is finding oneself. Cause you know, even if we're all part of the same thing, our mission maybe here is to see what our fragment of that gem is, you know, and, and shine our light. So I don't know. Just a lot of stuff. I really appreciate your guys' thoughts. Sorry. I don't know. All I got to say is, man, is you should write. I'm begging you to write something, even if it's blog posts for the Fringe or 
or come on or when we have a listener night come on man yeah because i enjoy i do appreciate your opinions in this stuff you got a lot to offer and a lot to say man well i appreciate you all thanks a lot thanks thank you josh pretty good guy right Yes. Well, what he's saying is very important. And it's a, it, again, it breaks down to symbols and understanding how that is really the language in which we speak. So the verbal aspect of it and verbalizing is one level. And I think things get lost in translation. Symbols, whereas they can change culturally, universal symbols have a deeper effect on us. Symbols have great effect on us no matter what and so i think that's the very first place to start is understanding the language of symbols the world yeah. looks different when you do and you know what else I, that really got me the other day is the so the the book that i started working out of a long time ago was called uh it's called kabbalah magic and the great work of self-transformation by liam thomas christopher right and so yes. we uh and that's pretty much a golden dawn, like Rosicrucian type initiatic system. But what, what you really start understanding as you go through this thing, that what it's doing is reprogramming you from the inside out. Like we all think we're in control of our programs and we're aware of them, but I, <laughs> we're really not, you know? And so this right. thing shows you not only what is programming you, but how to program things. Right. But the whole idea and what I wanted to say to a lot of these people that send me uh, messages about magic and all this stuff that these little tools and all these ritual tools and stuff eventually uh once you get to a certain level if you decide to go through it in an order fashion you discard all that stuff anyways you end up discarding all of it once you get to a certain level of understanding about yourself and even then you still got a lot of questions you know even buddha didn't claim to know what god was or even try to go down that road I I have a lot to say. I see we're at the bottom of the hour. Yes, we are at the bottom of the hour. And I can't imagine that you would have a lot to say, right? But uh, I know we only got 30 minutes left. And look, if you guys still, you can call in. It's 1-800-588-0335. The direct line is 501-424-5130. It's Monday night. We're kicking off the week here with Nish from Knox Mente. Tomorrow night... Uh, we're going to have, uh, uh, what's his name? Robert Bruce on from Astral Dynamics. Big name in the astral travel field. I've always wanted to talk to him too. We'll be right back with Nish. Gable, and I want to remind you to keep your radio, phone, tablet, or computer tuned to The Fringe FM and visit the website thefringe.fm to listen to the entire lineup of shows. You can also catch my broadcast, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, beginning at 12 a.m. midnight U.S. Pacific Time, right here on The Fringe FM. Okay, here we go. Ancientlifeoil.com ancientlifeoil.com now this is for cbd ancientlifeoil.com again for cbd where do i get cbd 
ancientlifeoil.com. It's pretty good stuff. Organic, non-GMO. We are the Ferrari of CBDs. Ancientlifeoil.com. You know, they say when you mention a person's name three times when you first meet that you're going to remember. So I'd say to you, nice to meet you, ancientlifeoil.com. It's ancientlifeoil.com, right? Nice to know that you help people. Ancientlifeoil.com. Think about this. Occasional stress, occasional anxiety, occasional inflammation, occasional stiffness, and intruders that get you down. Ancientlifeoil.com. Okay, so I'm going to give you a fact for the day. So Ancient Life Oil does not help you with business deals. Hold on a second. If you feel better, it could help you make a better decision. Okay, I'm wrong. Just remember to go to ancientlifeoil.com. Do you want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. Every Saturday at midnight here on The Fringe FM, you can join me, Stephen Kim, the host of The Midnight Hour Show. On my show, we explore paranormal topics with a skeptical view. We search for evidence. We search for proof. We search for the truth. Because who better than me, my friends? A magician. A man trained in the art of deception and misdirection. Who better than me to investigate for you some of the greatest mysteries on planet Earth? And I hope you will join me. Every Saturday night. Here on the Fringe FM at midnight Eastern Standard Time for the Midnight Hour Show, 9 p.m. Pacific. I want you to join me here every Saturday night at midnight for an incredible journey. Consider yourself invited. Episodes of the Midnight Hour Show available exclusively every Saturday night here on the Fringe FM. Consider yourself invited. Join us on the Midnight. To call Joe, pick up the phone, dial 1-800-588-0335, toll free from the United States or Canada. Back to Lighting the Void, we're here with Nish from Nox Mente. We are at the last part of the show tonight. We have talked about UFO experiences, possession, theology, you name it. Uh, it's been a fascinating discussion. Please go check out the podcast, Nox Mente. If you are like me and you feel that consciousness exploration and the exploration of inner space and the self really matters, it's a must-have. It should be on your podcast show, period. Noxmente.com. Go check it out. And uh, right now, it looks like we've got another caller from the, looks like 778 area code. You're on the air. Who are we speaking with? 
Hey, it's Corey. Hey, Corey, what's going on, man? Hello, Not Corey. Much. Driving home. Hi. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that this is the sexiest conversation you can possibly have on radio. And uh, <laughs> another going. person Yay. called it sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel kind of bad. I, like I just want to hear Nish talk to uh, well everybody else. It's great, but I do actually have a crazy dream that I had uh, when I came back from a little road trip, and it's a weird. Like it actually shocked me. I just want to uh, talk about it if I if I could. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I usually suffer from a lot of like sleep paralysis. And even like the hypnog, uh, hip- I don't know what you call it, the hypnagogic state. That's, That's it. That's like when you're falling into yeah. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was weird. I had a dream that I was awake in my house and I was chasing my little cat. And uh, turns out he was actually outside, so I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I woke up from this dream, uh, I was in the, uh, I was in that state, but it wasn't sleep paralysis because I could actually move and talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I wasn't making sense. It was the strangest thing until someone woke me up. But uh, the dream was a death prediction, and it was and it shocked me. It was really weird. I live on the west coast, and uh, it said that I die when I go east. <laughs> well, well don't go east, meant, then. But was, That's uh, crazy. Don't go east. That was yeah, the just weirdest, keep that was moving the west. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> keep moving west. I'll jump on a boat. And well, well, hold on a yeah, second. Yeah, it's just the weirdest thing. When did you hear a voice out of the thin air? And I, no, you know, it was like it was, you know, it was almost like a it was like a magic eight ball kind of thing. I don't remember the dream prior to that, besides me being awake and my cat being in my house. And then for some reason, I had this like, how how will you die? And it showed, uh, like text. And I and I woke up before I like finished reading it, but I saw it. That's that's the weirdest thing. I, <laughs> gotcha. And then I woke up in that in that in that sleep paralysis state, and uh, yeah, wow. like it actually shocked me. I'll yeah, tell you, that's fascinating. Uh, I will comment on that. There's another caller on the line too, but I will definitely call, comment okay. on that. That's weird. Yeah, and that so, freaked me out actually. Yeah, I, yeah, man, it did, and it was weird because when I was awake. Well, when I was in the sleep paralysis, I could see, and I wasn't hallucinating, but everything was like kind of black and white. There was a huge like electric hum, and uh, yeah, I was like moaning and like like turning apparently until she like woke me up. But yeah, it was so weird, and I've had so many of these sleep paralysis, and it's never been like that. It was just the weirdest thing. And then the dream before, I was like, oh my god. So yeah, that was strange. So what does Nish think about that? I'm just yeah, I have a couple of questions here, if I may. What sure, was yeah, so, like, Corey? What was the mood when you the actual mood of it while you were the having mood of it? the uh, of the uh, the episode of the dream of the dream? Uh, I honestly don't even know. I was I'm like I was so dog tired. I just got back from a big trip from the west. <laughs> Bro. and uh, I don't even remember. Well, it was it was like a normal like I thought I was awake. We'll, yeah. we'll, we can comment on this too. I, I just I think this person tried to call in before that's behind you, and I want to make sure they get okay. into. But Sorry. yeah, no, you're all right, and I I definitely want okay. to. If you actually, you know what, hang out just for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and sure. let's take this phone call here. Uh, looks like seven zero eight area code. You're on the air with Nish. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? This is, this is Dan from Chicago. What's up, Dan? Hello, Dan. Hey, I I was calling earlier. Um, 
this has been a really awesome episode and Thanks. really got me thinking on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so what's on um, your mind? But, well, the first thing, Joe, when you guys were talking about the possession stuff and you were talking about the rave experience you had, yeah, um, I had a really similar experience and it was actually, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with the artist Bass Nectar, but um, he was playing and I was on psychedelics, but I swear to God, like I've seen this artist perform before and he's kind of like a burning man, like, you know, dance musician. Yeah. So you, you yeah. listen to rhythmic music that makes you want to dance. But this was straight up like, disorienting it really felt like mk ultra and i was with my cousin and we were just looking at the people around us and the way that they were reacting to the sounds and the visuals and stuff did it feel dark and, well it felt dark and it was exactly like what your guest was describing when she saw the the reptile eyes and stuff like that and we were yeah, like yeah. this is straight up like opening a portal to hell and it really felt like uh and I, I forget where i heard it but i heard through the grapevine on a different podcast somebody was like making the claim that bass nectar had agreed to do these like experimental things to his audience and it really felt like we were because you go to a music festival to wait, wait hold on catchy when you say experimental things do you think like subliminal programming through his music stuff like that yeah, I mean, this was like, it was, you you know, like a four-by-four four rhythm that you can right. tap your toe to. This was like so disorienting, and it really felt like sonic assault. And I, I, the, the way people in the audience were reacting was seriously demonic. Like, it, it was like growling and like thrashing and stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I've never experienced anything like that, but it, it, it came to mind when I was hearing both of your uh, stories. Gotcha. So, Nish, do you got any questions for Dan before we get back to Corey's dream? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, messing with frequencies is a very big deal in the world in general. And it goes back a long ways. I mean, when Hitler was making speeches, they would mess with the frequency to get people riled up. And then they he'd come on and they'd get another frequency. I think that was the 432 to get everyone he was calming. This idea of frequency is a big deal and it's used in music a lot. Uh, and so the idea of, uh, I love trance music, by the way. So, but there are frequencies that make us feel uneasy and unnerving. There are frequencies that can uh, get us in very bad states that has a that will have create a causality let's put yeah. it that way uh where people can you know you can create riots through frequency so that's what comes to mind is fascinating pretty freaky stuff man what what'd you say the artist's name was again i'll look into it oh it was a uh, bass nectar bass and, nectar um, okay it's kind of like he used to i mean I agree. Like, I like trance music. I like rave music, but that's music that makes you uh, fall into a trance. But sure. Over, I feel like in the past 10 years, the EDM music yes. has progressively yes. gotten a lot 
it's like intentionally disorienting and you see yes. the way that the culture has changed. Like it, it's not like neon raves. It's like weird. I see like six, six, six on the t-shirts and like weird people doing insane, like just insane um, stuff in the crowd that is not about like having a good time. It's about like going totally berserk and disorienting. It, it's, I feel yeah. like, I don't know what's going on. Well, thanks for, I mean, thanks for sharing that with us. That kind of validates exactly what happened to me. I don't know if it was the music or the drugs or both, but I think the more people get an understanding of frequencies and symbolism and NLP, if this guy's putting in his music, uh, you, you never know what he's doing to his audience. So I appreciate that, Dan. Well, we're appreciate swimming the in a cocktail. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thanks guys. We're swimming in a cocktail for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I got Corey here. I have here, questions Nish. for Corey. Yeah, I hear you. <clears throat> oh, so, Corey, this was the the death prediction part. When you think of the East, what what comes to mind immediately? Toronto. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, just, like, cities, I think. I don't know. It's uh, I hate the city. I, when, mm. I, when I came back to it, I, like, it, I was dreading it immediately, almost. And okay, so that's a good deal. You know, I don't, I don't actually analyze. Aren't you? So, wait a minute. Aren't you the Corey? Are you the Corey that posts all the nature pictures in the chat room all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what part of the country do you live in? Uh, I'm from Vancouver. Okay. So, all right. So, I mean, have you ever been to the east, like of the United States? uh, no, actually, the furthest I've gone, I think, is, like, uh, Idaho, and that was, like, rural. Everything's rural. That's where I go. Yeah, maybe yeah I like rural, too. Oh, we're the, we're close. We're close, yeah, close by to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Washington, actually, Corey. Oh, are you? Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but on this, on this query here, so... So the East represents cities and more population and all that. And then, so this hypnagogic experience, when you were coming out of that, did you have any, so, which was interesting is it wasn't paralysis because you were able to move, correct? Yeah, I could shake my head and apparently I could talk and she heard me. That's interesting. Did, were you brought up religious? So when so the general mood when you wake up because you gave us a, a, a this is a death prediction what yeah. was what was your feeling upon thinking about it as a death prediction I was shocked and then I couldn't get up I was I fell asleep on the couch and I couldn't get up and then I kind of like fell into it and I was like uh oh like powerless and how long ago was this uh this was saturday oh recently so yeah, and then one more 
Oh, interesting, because we just came out yeah. of that eclipse. Did did so was this is this an uncommon type of dream for you? Um, that type, yeah. I usually have really weird dreams that are almost completely disconnected to what's happening in my life. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing this. It could be just like uh, you don't you don't (laughs) like the East, man. Maybe you just got some bad impressions from it. You know. Well, one of the Joe, one of the things that comes to mind, and you did mention you were playing with magic at one point. There is the the directions. Well, but it symbolically, there's a lot going on here. Oh, lots of symbols, yeah. And so angles are a very big deal. And, you know, some people might want to tie this into sacred geometry and all that. But angles are a big deal. There's a whole mapping system that many people aren't aware of. And and this ties into the symbolic world we're living in. And and it equates to, in certain, certain schools, you know... East and there's an angle by east by west and this can be like the path of delusion or the path of uh, awakening. So there's this angle to consider when decoding these symbols. And the east, to me, I would suggest that since this was a death prediction is what you were calling it, I would start looking into magical angles of the East and see what you can find. I'm just giving, throwing out that bone to you. Okay. Or, or you could do so, this, and my, this is my advice. If you, if you can afford it, hit up Jeff Harmon, tell him to look at your astrological chart and ask him if you're going to oh, die. I still want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to. I really want to freak get you out. Right? That's really wild. Oh, totally. I freak myself out just looking it up. But, but I love I love a professional reading. Thanks for your call and your patience. I appreciate it, Corey. Well, yeah, thank no you, worries. Corey. I'll, I'll try calling. Dude, y'all, thank you so much. <laughs> I love both of you guys' show. Right on, man. Aww, Thanks for I'm calling I'm blushing in. over that. Thank you so much. That's so cool. You have a good one. <laughs> oh, that's great. Put your dog for me. He sounds like he's, uh, he, needs <laughs> he's, he needs attention. Don't we all? She's, she is. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's she, been crazy. All right, thanks for your call, Corey. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> Good night. So I wonder, um, yeah, so I try, I wonder about dreams sometimes. Like, that, to me, I don't even try to interpret people's dreams because I don't know what their subset and symbols and stuff are. But have you found, like, went through studying this stuff, Nish, are there really, like, big-time universal symbols and stuff? Or is it really different yes. with everybody? Yes, there there are big symbols, but they, these are also really, I think, are predicated on where one grows up. And so I think I talked about this last time. So the a dream of like the collective conscious could be different if you grew up by the ocean as opposed to in a city. The city can represent that or the ocean can have big, vast, gigantic symbols like that. But it's important to understand your personal symbology and where you come at in context to who you are and what 
what was your early programming? So on Nox Monday, this is why we always start out with the earliest stuff people remember. And pop culture stuff is very important. The cartoons you were watching, the movies you were affected by, the stories your grandma told you, what religion were you brought up in, uh, all this stuff is a package of you and the code in which you have and so specific that's why general dream interpretation without understanding that stuff is 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 like reading a general it's like reading your sun sign you know and not really understanding the rest of your chart and how important all the other aspects are so i keep having dream yeah. about gunfight gunfight really yeah, the the, mo- the re- most recurring one I have is a gunfight that I, I I am always at my house. I talked to Robert Wagner about this, too. I'm always, like, somewhere around my house, in a bedroom, outside, somewhere local, just taking on swarms of people, just laying them out, right? But mm-hmm. there's a completely, I don't know, there's this emboss, like in a video game, you would think at the end that always gets the best of me. And usually it's because I ran out of bullets or we get into some type of squab. The last one I remember specifically, we were rolling around on the floor trying to point pistols. It's kind of like the movie scene where two people are pointing pistols to each other's heads, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to get it real close. (laughs) And his got Mm -hmm. to my head before I got to his, but the end guy always, always gets me and I wake up, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. It's definitely interesting that it's a reoccurring dream. Yeah, I've had that thing at least like 10 times. And uh, the reason why I know is when it starts happening, I know like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. So the last one I propped myself up in the corner of the house and and for some reason I just had loads of bullets and I'm like, come on with it. I can funnel, you know, funnel these people in this doorway and uh, that's it. They can't shoot me from the outside. You know how you start thinking about that stuff in dreams. So as soon as they come around the corner, I'm going to take them out. Well, it still happened he came in there ran out of bullets and instead of trying to hide i just rushed him and then we ended up rolling around on the floor and i couldn't tell you what the dude looks like if i remember specifically it's like a big shadow oh interesting i have i have a great deal to say on that and i i find it interesting though that you were ahead of the game here feeling like you had solved the problem by having more ammo and that all roads still led back to the same in scenario, in scenario with him. And that is significant because that's the core. That's the core of this whole reoccurring dream. And wherever these symbols are coming, you want to strip down and get to the essence of it. So this is when, in my personal experience with talking with people one-on-one about dreams and understanding their set of symbols, this is where I would start wanting to parse out the little details in your life so that we can get to, is this a psychological, uh, is this psychological stuff that you're working through? Is this possibly premonition guised in a deep set of symbols? And like we're all roads, no matter what road you take, we're still going to die, right? The million pathways that you're still going to get to that checkpoint, you you know, stuff like this all has to be taken into consideration. And that's why it is 
important yeah, I get what to you're never thought about it like that. Get, yes, and this is why it's important to get in relationships with people when we're talking analysis. I'll just journal it and then just kind of go back to it later. And what I've been trying to do is become more lucid, right? Instead of halfway lucid, because I find myself sometimes like in a halfway lucid state to, mm-hmm. to where I don't have the normal power that I would to say if I was in a fully lucid dream, I'd probably just fly or snap my fingers and watch them all dissipate or something, you know? So I think uh, the whole point of all of it, Joe, is to wake up within the dream. And that goes for above and below, in and out, here and now, and in that state. There's something about unlocking the code by awakening within the dream. Hmm. It's a trippy thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have I you think- ever thought, I'm going to ask you a really crazy question before we get out of here, since you brought that up, because it made me think about this question. Have you ever thought that this life of course you have, is a very, very deep dream. Like, um, not one that you can just roll, shake your eyes and wake up from, but you know how when you get super sedated, you can't wake up, you're just stuck in the dream mm-hmm. till the body wakes up. So have you ever thought about, what if I tried to wake up like I do in a dream? Have you ever attempted that? I think, yes. I think that it is. I think this also ties into the phenomena known as deja vu and the deja phenomenas, uh, phenomena that goes on the other layers of it. I, for me, everything is focused on awakening within the dream, as I just said. And so the outer world is, if you believe in as above, so below, if that, if that has any meaning for you, for anyone, then you must take seriously that your inner world's experience and your outer world's experience as being deeply connected and reflections of each other. There, to me, is no separation. And so if I'm waking up in the dream, I'm waking up in my dayside life, and together they start, it starts coming together, and there's a bridge that is possible. I got what you're saying. And I think I think this is where some of the masters come in that we hear about in religions. I think this is part of the unlocking of the code. Right. So, right. yes, I think this is all a dream right now. I think we're dreaming. I got what you're saying. I meant physically like wake up. Like when I'm in a dream, I, I, can, I can strain and my eyes will start shaking and force myself to wake up. And I've actually attempted to do that as if I was dreaming <laughs> in real life, and, you know. And, and I'm actually talking about that with yeah. in conjunction to this on a very metaphysical deep level. But the physical is absolutely tied into this. Gotcha. How, at least we, our perception of it. Well, listen, we got to roll out of here. Thank you so much for coming on the broadcast. I really appreciate it. You guys go check out Knox Mente, noxmente.com. Also, uh, I believe either uh, Ford or F Nord or whatever, however you pronounce your name, Dropped Finord, the, Finord. I love her. Yeah, so she dropped the link into the chat so you can actually go to their Discord server. And don't forget that the show was produced by the Fringe FM. You cannot copy it without written permission. Main music was by Chronos. Other music, the guitar, was by Bundy. We got to get out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Good night. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everyone.
expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting, its sponsors, affiliates, or staff. Listener discretion is advised.